Welcome to the first official episode of Dark Side of the Moon. Um, I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Let's get to it. And Noel, we're back and we're going to continue on the Spider Fan Family Hour under this new umbrella of Dark Side of the Moon where we'll discuss, you know, all the superhero movies and all heroes from all different mediums and genres. And this time we said we'd uh, step back into the Sony where I created world with Andrew Garfield's led Spider, the amazing Spider-Man from, uh, shit, what year was it from? 2012. From 2012. 2012. Uh, to- 2012 yeah. starting, you know, Andrew Garfield's mentioned, Martin Sheen, Reese Fans, uh, Sally Field and Emma Stone. Um, Noel, we're back in the world of Spider-Man again and what did you make of this continuation or, you know, evolution or whatever of Sony's held properties, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield replacing Tobey Maguire and all the differences and whatnot? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. It was by no means a perfect film. I think this film might be the catalyst for why we don't get, why we're mostly done with origin movies. Yeah. Is, and I felt like the, 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 the slow part of this film was grating on me yeah. because I've seen it all before and it's Spider-Man. He was bit by a radioactive spider. It's one of the most known things in all of comicdom. Yeah. Is that it's um, like but, um, um, the way Bruce Banner's origin story has been veered away from massively in the last yeah. few years. Yeah, exactly. They just threw Bruce Banner into Avengers uh, with his new, you know, once they moved away from Edward Norton. Yeah. And he just said, yeah, we've done it. They know, they know, you know what I mean? Because like you think Wolverine origins didn't really work and. Um, but that, that's to say they didn't like they didn't get bogged down in it too much. Like, like everybody like, knows Bat- everyone knows Batman's origins. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things that's just known, you know. It's like Yes. It's like, you know, the whole great power comes great responsibility. It doesn't even need to be st- said anymore. It's implied because we all know about it. You know. Yes. There's not a single person in the world said is saying, Oh, but like how did he get their powers yeah. or whatever? You know, nobody So radioactive nobody spider does. you say. And how does Bruce Wayne's parents feel about going out at night? They're dead. <laughs> did, I have, dead. did I have any uh, bearing on him becoming Batman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like his affinity with bats. Is that like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. You just can't do it. So I, I do think. I, I, I do think that was relatively painless. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be too down on the yeah. film about it, but it uh, I, I I because the action sequences in this film I thought were so good, I wish they just kind of like got into it. Yeah. You know, just got into it. Um but yeah, no, I enjoyed this film. This was my third viewing. So I think I just kind of watched it without any you know, I just it was just on and I didn't I didn't pay too much attention to it. I just wanted a refresher. And I it's really, really enjoyable when you kind of just switch off and watch it. it- so I have to say I enjoyed even, it. I really even did. though they did the origin story, they tried to make it as different as possible as Tobey Maguire yes. Spider-Man. They made like, yes, yes, they did. They made it different. They made they grounded it a little bit more. I think, um, although like he did have a tendency to just basically all but tell everyone. <laughs> What's up, I'm Spider-Man? Who are you? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, uh, here's your pizza. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know your name. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, like- Peter Parker. I, I masqueraded as Spider-Man. I, come, dude, come here. I've got a 12-incher. Let's just, uh, I'm talking pizzas, people. <laughs> I just picture him like, here's my card. This just says Peter Parker. 
Turn it over. <laughs> it's like when he orders deliveries online at Domino's. It's like Peter Parker, also known as the Vigilante, Mass Vigilante Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks. Um, mocha latte for the friendly neighborhood. <laughs> Spider-Man? No, it's Spider- <laughs> Spider-Man. It's pronounced yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Or just like the webbing comes in. And <laughs> this fucking guy again. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I really, really enjoyed it, I have to say. But I think, you know, if you just switch off and just enjoy it, what it is, it's very, very enjoyable. The thing, the um, thing about it as well, it raised expectations that were extremely low after Spider-Man 3. And I, 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 it was very, it's such a tidy movie in a lot of ways, you know? It was. I actually was thinking today when I was watching it, I think I have touched upon it before, just kind of private conversation. But I thought it was the, the lizard was never somebody that has grown up a Spider-Man fan. I was ever really excited. Yeah. I like. I was glad that they, they said, "Laurie, here's the roster of what's been done. Yeah. <clears throat> we have our we have our Green Goblin, and we have our our Hobgoblin, we have our uh, Venom, and we have whatnot." And they said, "Right, what with the lizard?" They said, "Right, we'll go with it." So I understood it, but it turns out he has a really good power set um, because they can fight in very similar ways. They're strong, increased endurance, you know, increased athleticism, increased speed, reflexes. And uh, the cool thing about Blizzard is he's almost impossible to put yeah. down. <laughs> That's one thing. You know what I mean? Some like, of the fight scenes are amazing because of his ability to re- uh, grow his limbs. You yes. know what I mean? The part with the tail is like, eh, that's, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. And it took him like, he kind of just strolled up the corridor after losing his tail. And that's how long it took him to grow it back. Yeah. So like you're talking, so even like Spider-Man, it was cool because I like, sometimes I like a film where the bad guy is just stronger. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I always just think that that's kind of what works. Yeah. So why I always thought Venom was such a bad guy, executed terribly. Yeah. That's why I always thought Venom was a bad guy. He was just an enhanced Spider-Man, even his spider sense. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought that he was extremely it, cool. It, bad guy, yeah. It's kind of like, um, um, sorry to cut across, but it's kind of like in The Flash or in The Arrow. When the bad guy is just the inverse of the of the good guy, the show is usually at yes. its strongest. You know, re- reverse yes. flash and arrow, and then or death stroke in green arrow. You know, and reverse flash and flash. Yeah, you know, what I mean, that's when the show, the two shows were at strongest when you had um, is it Eobard, Eobard, um You need to be tactical. Oh, you can't. You're not. You're not allowed to just John McClane and just take on a group of terrorists and just take them on. You have to actually be tactical. <clears> and, <throat> like even I always quite like the. The idea is, and it's how the lizard gets away the first time, is that Spider-Man chooses to save a child Yeah. over pursue him. Now, the lizard's formula hadn't quite worked yeah. out at the time, so he was he was actually losing his power. Stay off bridges in but New Spider- York, people. Yeah. But Spider-Man went and did what, Spider- what a hero does, and I love, like, when the bad guy has that over the good guy. Yeah. They do it in the Flat and Flash TV series. We always, like, we'll just create a hostage situation. Yeah. Or, like, Leave a building about to collapse in on top the, of people, and then just leave. The, the very know. fact that the hero is a hero is his major is always his major weakness because he has scruples oh, yeah, no, or empathy or whatever. You know, he cares about the citizens of his city or whatever, and that's yeah. always going to be his major weakness. You know, Superman's weakness can be kryptonite or whatever, but like he's going to always rescue the person, and that will, that's the window that the the villain always has to get away. Like you yeah. know, it's a, it's kind of one of them tropes where you know they always throw somebody in a peril or whatever and then they escape and that's how you can keep the story moving along and also have them fight without reaching a conclusion from the climax and shit like that you know what i mean yeah so you have to come up with something actually really really quite clever to stop mm. uh which this film also did as well you know there's 
a scene later on in the film um, where he's using liquid nitrogen <coughs> because it's hard to regrow a limb if you're absolutely frozen to like a point mm. whatever below zero. So uh, yeah, no, I thought the films flowed quite well. I actually can't really think about anything about this film. It's not. It's not even in my top twenty superhero yeah. films. But that said, I can't think of anything I actively really dislike yeah. about it. Like, there's nothing I just went, oh, I hate that. You know what yeah. I mean? Was there anything in the film for you? The cranes. You just went, oh, oh, the cranes. Fuck me, I hate the cranes. Oh, fuck you. I hate the, Fuck yeah, you and your cranes. That's all I'm saying. Like, what? Did the Crane Union of New York pay for this movie or something? What the fuck? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, what? <laughs> uh, he's a superhuman spider that can swing from building to building. Why does he all of a sudden need the assistance of cranes? Yeah. It's like, the police are evacuating. I need to get everyone in spring. Yeah. It's cool. The police have obviously not evacuated anyone. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy that saved my kid. <laughs> Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. That was there, like we were talking about when we did the first um, first Spider-Man, uh, Tobey Maguire. And, uh, it's like, you mess with one of us, mess with all yes. of us. Again, on the bridge. The New York and, has, uh, our, our, is one or whatever, isn't that like... The New York is one kind of thing. Because even I even noticed watching that back yeah. when the guy the guy whose kid he saved wants to line up the brains walks by in a Yeah, and he even mentioned that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, Scotty, you're going to be working some overtime. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. Like, oh, yeah. No, okay. The cheese factor. There was definitely an awful yeah. lot of cheese in it. And, but even unforgivable as, at some uh, points. I suppose the cheese. As, the cheese is as you said, though, like before one of the earlier episodes, the Spider Fan was. Cheese is kind of unavoidable in superhero movies in a lot of ways because oh, it's part and parcel yeah. with the product, you know? That's a lot of yes. peas, people. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And, like, and there's very few heroes that are just dark enough to just kind of get to gloss over that. And even like Christian Bale's Batman didn't get away. Yeah, it's just, like Dark Knight Rises. Fun. There's a lot of cheese in that yeah. movie as well. There's so much, you know, having a cup of coffee at Alfred's yeah. favourite spot. Oh, yeah, Batman retires. You know? uh, Chris Nolan, I don't think you understand your character, sir. You know what I mean? Batman retires yeah. when he's dead. Game over. And it, maybe not even that. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead, it's been. Uh, <laughs> Actually, good call. Stand corrected. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I've seen all of Green Arrow. I should have known Lazarus bits, bits are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're dead? Uh, maybe. <laughs> until we have it, you know, until we can write you back in, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, until we can write you back in. But no, I have to say the film stood up. Um, I thought it progressed pretty well. I thought it was paced pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was had some cool scenes where he was taking on like the cops or criminals, mm. like when he was looking for the guy who killed Uncle Ben. And uh, and then I thought it had, it had, let me think, I think three big showdowns, four actually, I think, with the lizard. Uh, I thought the one in the sewer was done really, really mm. well. I liked when he was sitting on the, the webbings and he was waiting for feeling the vibrations. Yeah. I thought that was done really, really well. Uh, and of course, he left the camera behind with property of mm. Peter Parker on it because he just cannot it's stop. It's exactly that. how I'd be found out as a superhero. Well, I like there's one thing. There's the, the basketball scene where he's taking on Flash Thompson and uh, he jumps like basically eight foot in the air <laughs> and slams like dunks the basketball so hard he breaks the, the, the entire in the backboard and uh he's supposed to be the nerd guy and then another point he gets the, the way worse he gets a football thrown to him yeah. and he throws it back so quick that it bends yeah. the goalpost now he didn't even throw it the way he should he didn't throw it like a spiral yeah. he just literally caught it and threw it away threw it away and uh, he bent the goalpost in reality like, in reality if uh, that had happened in um in america 
the, the rest of the movie would just be Team Scouts and Boosters that just trying to be signing them. Be <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, dude, uh, you know what I mean? I'm trying to study. Come sign for our team. You know? yeah. The rest of it would be like uh, Jerry Maguire. I actually, I actually read, a, I read a Superman comic and uh, it was just Clark Kent trying to figure, up my, figure himself out. He's a teenager, maybe young, maybe 20. And uh, so he just tries this, that, and the other, and that. Uh, tries football. Of course, he just like walks from one end of the field to the other. <laughs> Or a touchdown because he's literally Superman, and uh, the guy just walks up to him and he just says, "How much do you want?" Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's all. That's that's all you need now. It's just the numbers. Game. Do, like, how much do you want? Do you do you think um, when you look back at this movie, like nearly what ten years later, that it's clear to see Marvel's influence on Sony and the style of this movie and the technology Absolutely. and the way it's portrayed and whatnot? Yeah, and I think even just uh, it was a little bit more. I think it was more clever in, in the cinematography of it. Uh, how we moved between the buildings was kind of a, a smoother kind of transition to it as well. And I think the scene, like, well, I think Marvel raised the bar because, let me think, I think we had Avengers at this stage, didn't we? We had uh, Avengers 1. Yeah, I think Avengers 1 came out in 2011, I think. Yeah, I think it knew, it knew what it was up against. And this is like the rising tide raises all boats. Um, this is what it took to survive at the time. I thought some of the scenes were just so, so well shot. Some slow-mo scenes, the special effects were really, really good. And, uh, you know, it's, it went first-person view a couple of times during the swinging, and I thought that was, like, really well handled. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, it was definitely, definitely. How could you not, though? How could you not be looking across the road at Marvel and thinking to yourself, right, right, we need to, we need to up our And game. this was Sony's um, opening salvo, if you will, for an expanded universe of their own. They wanted their, their Spider-Verse that they tried. This was supposed to be the building blocks for a Sinister Six movie. And there was so much on the play here. And I, I got, in comparison to, like, uh, maybe just, I think we spoke about this a while back, but maybe because our expectations were so low for Spider-Man 3, this is why this movie was greeted so positively because we weren't expecting anything from it. And even though it is corny at times or cheesy or whatever the fuck you want to call it, but like it is a very tidy movie. The pacing was very similar to a Spider-Man one or Spider-Man two. It flowed by. Like, it built up the uh, the villain enough. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like four or five villains. You know, that was just kind of thrown in like a muddled mess. That like that like literally that like you had the singular villain returned. You know, and it kind of shared a lot of the similar tone with the earlier Sam Raimi movies and shit like that. You know what I mean? But like and at the same time, at the same time, it um, incorporated the new aesthetics that Marvel were putting through, you know, like the way that, as I touched on a second ago, the way they portray technology and shit, with the kind of holograms, um, you know, like the 3D holographic images and shit like that, like the kind of, yeah. and even later on, we see like, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but you know, even later on, we see in the, the post-credit scene, which is a hallmark of the Marvel movies, you know what I mean? And like, you see like a lot of influences and I think Sony knew uh, they had to make this movie work or they weren't going to get too many more chances at it. And I think, yes. you know, time proved them to be correct, you know. Because that was that was the property that they had. Is, is it Fox that has X-Men? Yeah, and Fantastic Four. Excuse me, Fantastic Four. So they had Spider-Man. So they wanted, obviously, train. They needed to get this right so they could turn Spider-Man into something that can go up against the Avengers, which has so many individuals that could take on the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Like um, Captain America or Iron Man, or definitely the Hulk, and um, so they knew. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. They approached it cautiously. Money was obviously um, 
no object. They definitely had massive set pieces. But they knew that Spider-Man has such a rich kind of vein to tap of bad guys, and especially some anti-heroes that you kind of turn into kind of good guys as we're seeing now with uh, Morbius. Morbius, is that right? Uh, yeah, Michael Morbius will be played by uh, and, Jared Leto. And Venom. And But uh, obviously... They did. I, 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 would, I would have felt very sorry for the people who worked on the first film if they weren't the same people who worked on the second film because that literally, they laid the groundwork, I think, so well. Mm. Just just to expand that, uh, Spider-Man exists now. Um, so, sort of technologies that can alter the human being on a genetic scale exists now. Yeah. Use it, expand on it, build on it. Don't get too comic. Don't get, don't get too cartoonish. Yeah. Just... Try and keep it grounded. It's, it's it's a very thin it's a very very thin line to walk. But the first one walked it, and then the second one shut the bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which we, 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 we'll touch upon next week. Um, but yeah, the second one really did shit the bed. Like, and it, it, when you have like Jamie Fox in a movie and you don't take advantage of him, that's your fault at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> take somebody as you take somebody with this raw charisma, of Jamie Fox, yeah. and and I thought like the whole thing was that he was going to go. You know, like the, the 80s thing where the, the nerdy girl shows up at the party and she lets her hair down and she's attractive, even though she was attractive the entire time. <laughs> but like that, then everyone sees it. I thought it was going to be Jamie Foxx had the charisma, the charm, everything. He just needed something to, to give him that little boost, like superpowers. Yeah. And then he was still this like insecure dweeb of a yeah. man. So yeah, I thought the lizard, I thought was, was great. I actually thought he was really good. And mainly because... Not only was he becoming a lizard, he's clearly his rationalization and moral compass yeah. was also entering the realm of lizard thinking. Yeah. It was just survival and pragmatism and, over anything else. And this movie, in a sense, is like kind of like two origin stories, is because you have the Spider-Man origin story and you also have the lizard lizard origin story. And like so I'll ask you this kind of question back to back. What did you think of Oh, origin stories, the new take on Spider-Man's and the new take on the lizards and how Spider-Man was involved in his creation and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. Because first off, I don't think Tobey Maguire or Spider-Man did a very good job of playing on how intelligent Spider-Man actually is. He's supposed to be like the fourth, maybe fifth most intelligent person in the MCU, which considering you have like Reed Richards and Tony Stark and things like that is actually still a very, very high bar. Um, so having him actually develop his own webbing and have him involved in massive scientific discoveries, yeah, I thought I'd actually touched on his, you know, Spider-Man outwitting these enemies was always a big thing with him because he was taking on Rhino and guys who were stronger than him. Um, so yeah, I thought they touched upon that well. I, I, I was delighted to see it. Um, the kind of, the you know, like he was responsible for Ben Parker, he's responsible for this... <clears throat> Spider-Man always trying to clean up his own message yeah, is a big part very of like ethos, Batman in you know? ways. Very like Batman in that sense. So the same, anytime I see them use Batman's detective skills or his tactical thinking, mm. <clears throat> um, I'm always really happy. That's that's really what he offers the team. And uh, Spider-Man is actually and it's supposed to be a genius. That's why he was on this, you know, that's why he was in the lab. That's do, you, why he was... do you think uh, the difference in the portrayal of Spider-Man's geekiness or whatever is a difference in how people of intellectuality or whatever are seen in day-to-day -day world? Like back in the day, like the nerd was a nearly negative trope in movies. 
Yeah, but no, it when was, you look yeah. at it now, and we're living in the world of technology, software, social media, the Mark Zuckerbergs, your Jeff Bezos, you, you know, your fucking uh, yeah. dude from Twitter, uh, Jack Dorsey. You got all these, like, you know, uh, tech. The rise of the nerd. Absolutely, you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you think that's why they kind of gave him, like, he's a cool nerd? Let's see. I think that's what, yeah, exactly. Because and I don't even think it's, like, clever writing. That's what a nerd is in 2012. Yeah. And that's still what, you know, a nerd is now. As in, they used to have, like, like revenge and the nerds or something if you go back far yeah. enough the nerd was weird very weird dress awkward in the body and you know braces and big glasses and a wheezy nasally yeah. voice and stuff they did everything they could to make the, them as absolutely um, feeble you know a bo- feeble and completely uncharismatic and now they're just literally dudes who maybe don't play sports and are more yeah and billionaires but they've got they, yeah but they've got good sense of humours they're good people, uh, you know, they've got good moral compass, good grounding. And uh, yeah, so he did play that quite well, as in you liked them and you were rooting for him. And it wasn't like, how did he get the girl? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, he was. He was a modern, he's a modern nerd. And you're never, I don't think you're ever going to see the, the nerds that we grew up with again. Yeah, because I, I just, you know, I think that's past. Yeah, because movies are, you want them to mirror somewhat reality and perception yeah. of intellectual people or people that are technologically impl- uh, inclined. Is like you know we see them in a better light than what they were seen in in the early nineties through to the two thousand two thousands you know and because um, even the jocks you could say as well they're not always meatheads yeah like that, it, it, even know. like cause even in Flash and this has a lot of redeeming qualities because even though he was a dickhead at the start it was it was obvious that like later on that maybe when he's seen a Peter had experienced some loss maybe he had experienced some loss in his life. And he understood that that's why Peter was acting out. And maybe the reason he was acting out was a similar reason to Peter or some shit. Like, you know what I mean? And maybe that's why he's seen him like as a kindred spirit. And that's why they became friends later on. You know, that kind of way. Like, so, like, even though he was the meathead, you know, jock or whatever. And even he still had the layer to see that, like, oh, he's acting out. That kind of looks like the way I acted out. And maybe, you know, he's, his uncle just died. Maybe putting two and two together, maybe. Flash experience some sort of loss or whatever, and that's why he, he was acting out as well or some shit. I didn't get whiplash with any of the characters either. Did you? As in, you know, like uh, when Peter, um, sorry, who what was the name? The well, the the, the captain. Um, they all, theory. they all, yeah. Even with even when they were going back and forward in like, I like Spider Man, I hate Spider Man, I'm an angry kid i'm actually grounded and trying to help people it did feel like the character development was moving smoothly yeah. enough you know it, it feels like they were changing to the environment around them yeah. what they were experiencing and what they were going through flash is a good example um peter is a good example obviously i think they handled him really well um i, I hate when you're watching a film and suddenly you get whiplash and you're thinking why is this person nice all of a sudden yeah. Was it because somebody scalded him for 30 seconds? Yeah, exactly. Was that, because that dude's 40. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Eh? Um, but, um, so, so you like the way they handled in the new origin story with Peter and like, uh, I think, yeah, I think they did. I think they said, right. Yeah. It just felt like they put a bit of work into it. Yeah. And they built it nicely. Um, and they, they beefed up, um, uncle Ben with Martin Sheen playing him and huh? they beefed up, uh, uncle, uh, or sorry, uh, at me with Sally Field playing her. And, um, like we kind of something we touched on, I think in maybe the first episode of Spider Fan, where we were like, uh, I th- I think I called for the UCOF, we were talking about how Uncle Ben and Aunt May should have had more, there should have been better actors in the roles. And I think that's what we got here. And like 
Yeah, his relationship was yeah. much more grounded. And I think even MCU, when you look at Marvel, when they cast like someone like Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, like cool Aunt May or whatever, you know what I mean? That's what people kind mm. of call her. It's like, you need to give like someone, he, these are the people that are supposed to be his guiding light or whatever. The ones that yeah. make him a good guy, not a villain. And like the influence yeah. of Uncle Ben, Martin Sheen, that nobody gives an inspirational uh, speech like Martin Sheen. You know what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> but, um, that bitch did West Wing. He's not going to be talking. Yeah, do you? What did you think? Uh, something we spoke about a while back. But what do you think? Like, did Martin Sheen overshadow the part of Ben Parker? And is there a problem with having too many big names in a film like this? No, actually, see, I don't know, Martin. You know what? I just like Martin Sheen yeah, so yeah. much that I just liked him in the role. And the thing about kind of, I think caretakers as well is like all Aunt May and Uncle Ben. All they did in in the original Spider Man movie, Sam Raimi's movie, was kind of uh, maybe feel a little bit of disappointment, but it was just love and they only wanted what's best. Yeah. And they were just kind of gentle, old people. Uh, this one, it had Sally Fields and Ben, and they actually had like a lot to live for. They were vibrant. They made fun of each other. He was making fun of her cooking. and She was making fun of him for being lazy. The kind of way people actually yeah. are. And they get angry with you too. Yeah. As in the people, the thing about being a good parent is that you can't always be their friend yeah, exactly. because their friends will tell them everything they want to do is a good idea and you need to say no and even if they get pissy with you it doesn't matter no yeah. and they did that sally fields got angry with him got upset with him cried at him for not sharing secrets with her like got frustrated with him confronted him and uncle ben did he was the terrified so of him not fulfilling his potential wasn't he Exactly, yeah, and that's what people who love you I, I really do. So I think that mirrored reality more. I think they tried to go for a very sixties comic idealistic, like yeah. oh, like poor gentle Aunt May, she still bakes her own bread. Yeah, you know, you know, and uh, and don't get me wrong, like again, I, I, like, I, I people like moving, to find people out. that are moving kind of slowly in a world that's uh, getting growing faster and faster, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that is exactly it. That's it on the nose, and. Um, the show, you know, it was great. It was a great medium to show the immaturity of Peter, yeah. and it was also a great medium to show the growth. Uh, that near the end of the film, it's a small, it's cheesy, yeah. <laughs> unforgivable. He comes home and he's still got like you know. Oh yeah, I love it. I actually love the scene. And he, and he, but he has the. Yeah, edge. that's the thing you do, though, isn't it? To prove, like, that's the yeah. little thing you would do to try to prove to someone, I, I want to improve as uh, our, our relationship. Like me and yeah. you both in long term relationships, you know, like sometimes that if you don't see the eye to eye, your missus, sometimes the littlest gesture to show that you're willing to change your mind or to improve or, you know what I mean, to be like a better person or a better boyfriend or whatever. And sometimes the littlest gesture gesture goes the, the longest way. Uh, and yeah. in a mo I actually really enjoyed that scene because I was watching, I was like, that's exactly what I would do. If I was arguing with my mm. mother or my aunt or whatever, whoever's taking care of me. And I was out doing this. It was like, you'd be like, on your way home, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get them eggs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what you would do, though, isn't it? Because like, earlier, it was like, she was like, where have you been? Do you remember the eggs? And he's like, oh, go get them now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being a bitch <laughs> about it, you know what I mean? Being a real bitch about it. I, th I think they handled them as well, because they, they they met, obviously, you have to be rooting for them. And even if you set up that a kid can be in a lot of pain, yeah. you can actually forgive them a lot. Yeah. So you, you don't need to be afraid to kind of show them being flawed. Yeah. I think if a kid just shows up and they're like problem child or something, and they're just snotty, horrible kids, then that's all there is to it. But if somebody shows up and they've lost a parent in a tragic car accident you, or something like that, do you think, there's a lot of forgiveness. Do you think, uh, just it jumped into my head there, just, I don't know why, maybe because we were talking about the Flash here, do you think Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker influenced Grant Gustin's portrayal of Barry Allen? 
when you look at the two of them side by side, just super quickly in your mind? You know what? Like, just like, my reaction is yes. Yeah. But I never thought Neither about it. Neither until there now. And I don't know why. Just the mannerisms, the way he carries himself, the way he acts to, uh, reacts to loss, the way he deals with his villains. It's like he, he knows there's always a grey area. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I yeah, think there is yeah. a lot of similarities there. Like, you know, maybe. That's a, that's a real good point. I Like, more than, let's just say, if we line the three Spider-Men up, yeah. um, and it's Maguire, Garfield, and Holland. And I said to you, Flash, you call Garfield. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. I would treat him. 100%. A kind of like, especially even just a tall, slender build. Like, like a good looking dude. He would have been like, a great Barry not Allen. Not so indeed. buff. Not, yeah, not, yeah, exactly. He would have been. Not so buff that, that he kind of has that, like, you know, like they said, like what they did with um, McKellen for Magneto. Magneto's powers are the complete and total control of, the, of, of magnetism. So he didn't need to be the big beefy character yeah. he is in the comics. He's not. No, he's not the Hulk. Yeah. So you could give you could give him to somebody who has gravitas. Yeah. And make him Shakespearean almost. They, yeah, they broke the mold and they didn't like have a He-Man kind of Spider-Man, which is so much you needed. And it was exactly the same with the Flash. And yeah, absolutely, there was a there's a nerdiness to them. There's an intelligence to them. Mm. There's a sensitivity to them, and also maybe. They, they mess up every now and, and they have, uh, uh, which is obviously you know not unique to them as superheroes, but they've extremely massive personal loss with Barry Allen's spider, or I guess Barry Allen's mother, uh, you know, being killed, and you know it's Peter Parker inspired her again. I don't know, <laughs> but Ben Parker being killed, and sure. shit, you know. But like, yeah, looking at the two of them side by side, maybe Grant Gustin's portrayal of Barry Allen was definitely in maybe was influenced by Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker. Um, I think if you go, if you got a job like that, uh, like you know, let's just say you're an actor and you're in your early twenties, and you get the call that the audition came back, you're going to be the Flash. I think I probably end up going on the binge and all binges yeah. of of superhero movies of younger generation superheroes. Obviously, maybe not Captain America, who's supposed to be a World War Two soldier, a man of a god bygone era, yeah. or anything like that, or the Hulk, because your whole thing is your anger and blah blah blah. I think something like uh, Spider-Man would be something that I'd watch. Yeah, because there's not a lot oh, of The yes. Flash. I know there was that TV series back in the day, but... That's all there yeah, was. there's not a lot of The Flash, like, you know. That's all there was. Uh, the DC Animated Universe is quite expansive. There's something to watch there. But no, not, not a character that you can watch, or mannerisms or something. But yeah, I do. I see a correlation. Um, I do definitely see a correlation. And do you, did you like the way, instead of uh, the radioactive spider that was like this, you know, technologically enhanced spider... You know, that they kind of veered into the, you know, they, they were leaning constantly into the whole techno era that we're living in, like, you know, so. Yes. Did you did you like that aspect of that? I did. I did. Again, it spoke to the intelligence. This is what I was saying earlier about McGuire, Spider-Man. He was kind of like hapless. Yeah. Uh, they, they, it was kind of like Reeves, Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was we, just. We he drew was just a lot like, of comparisons between Superman and Spider-Man when we spoke. Oh, about. my God. Yeah. Like, because, you know, like, and just uh, Maguire Spider-Man could like you know catch a bus and he could stop a train as he actually did yeah. pull an entire train um, but he also he probably couldn't use a revolving door without getting stuck in it yeah. you know what I mean so they had that, that kind of hapless thing and, they, they, and he was goofy and he was a bit of a loser they kind of purposely met him like he was always late for work because and he was but uh, Tobey Maguire was the kind of he used the technology around him designed his own suit you to, mean Andrew uh, Garfield Andrew Garfield, my apologies, to design his own suit, to design his own weapon, most importantly. Even at one point, he showed he's after working an antiseptic painkiller because he takes a shot in the leg. 
Um, so yeah, no, I loved it. I, I love somebody. Um, it's, I love somebody who can actually think outside the box, like use the human traits that they're given and use that to enhance the obviously super uh, hero traits yeah, that they're given. Mind. Like Captain America is a leader because he's been in the shit. Yeah. Like he's been in the shit with the good ordinary men who have been in the shit. Mm. And that that is obviously a meta a part of who he is. He just happens to be a super soldier, but the optimal word is super. The optimal word is soldier. And uh, I do I do like that. I hate, I hate when they just suddenly become extremely idealized kind of characters and they just really feel like there's anything to them. Peter Parker was a nerd with a bright scientific future ahead yeah. of him. That's who he was when he got bit by a spider. Yeah. So he said, right, I can use the skills that I've been given to enhance the skills that I've just been given. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one, yeah. You know, one by God and nature, one by a spider. Yeah, it's, it's a really good fucking point. Um, but like, yeah, it's, I, I'm the same as you. It's like, I, I do like it's like when they have their natural talents, they, as you put it, used to enhance their superhero talents. Like, you know what I mean? Or because like, it, it's it's like with Captain America, it wasn't the serum that made him a special person. It just enhanced the special that was already in his person. Yeah, you know what I mean, because he was a special yeah. person, like when he throws himself on the grenade and stuff. And everything. I was about to say that's that's when they knew it was him. Yeah, exactly. It's like that line, you know, you you have to give it to a good man, not a good soldier. I think, yeah, yes. I can't remember the doctor's name. The German doctor said it, you know, um, in 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 First yeah. Avenger, and like so, like and that's the thing as well. Like, and that's what it always happens, and that's what draws the line between superheroes and villains. And uh, when you get the power, it's just going to enhance what you already wore beforehand. You yeah. know what I mean? Deep down, like, and that's why villains are villains and superheroes are superheroes. It's not really like, you know. Yeah, that's it. It's just, it's it's a, a very evolved version of just putting a gun in someone's yeah. hand. And see what to do with it, pretty much. And just seeing yeah. what they do, do they with protect it. Do yeah, the people so, or do they turn it on them? Uh, yeah, and it's exactly the same thing because all it is, kind of, it was cool because it meant the serum or whatever. It made it seem like a tool. Yeah. It is what it is, and it's what you choose to do with it. But obviously, it's what you choose to do on a gut level. On yeah. It, and I, and I, on the level of who you really, really are, like, um, which is what I loved about the first Avenger, absolutely loved it. Um, but uh, yeah, I took back back to Garfield. I wanted to ask you, what did you think of the Doctor? Uh, his whole ethos, lost arm, kind of working with um, cross species genetics, mm -hmm. trying to kind of gain back what he's lost, and also maybe give something to the world. The Puritan who loses yeah, his way. I know. I I know it's a age old trope or whatever. You know, we touched on it. You know, man, mad doctor gets lost in his technology. We touched on Polly Snatchers with the fly, and we touched on Spider Man. But like, I think the way the number one, I loved how Peter Parker was actually responsible for the creation of the lizard. Um, yeah. Number two, some of the strongest scenes in the whole movie um, were were where Reese France was in them. Whether you know what I mean, like the part where he's thinking about using like um i think peter says i think he says something to peter like a uh, human trail start next week or something you know jokingly and then there's the yeah. scene where he's standing beside a mirror and he puts the hand you know, oh, it's one of the best scenes in all superhero movies like it's like where he puts his hand up to the mirror and the hand that he had the arm that he has and it reflects and it looks like because it's the reverse because if it's a mirror it looks like he has two arms and he can understand straight away what his motives are and I think, like, when yeah. you deal, deal with a superhero movie, it can be very black and white in terms of morality. But, like, I think the motives of the villain need to be clear so we can decide whether or not we agree with him, disagree with him, whether he's right to think this way. Can we understand why he thinks this way? And I think when you look at someone like if that's an amputee, 
that originally just wanted to cure people like him and himself and make everyone, you know, whole again. And when he's presented with the opportunity to do this, when he sees the earlier results with the lab rats and so on, like, I think you can clearly say, look, this, this is a villain. I understand his motives. If I was in his place, I'd probably do the same thing. And he's just a guy that got lost, not just through his technology, but he got lost to his impatience and the impatience of the people that were pressuring him, like the the guy that represented Norman Osborne and stuff like that. And it's just... Yeah, that, that was the other thing, wasn't it? It was that, like, the, the, the corporate, mm. uh, the, the seedy corporate underbelly of funding research. Yeah. And that was your man. It was played by um, uh, played by Ifran Khan. Um, I think he's the uh, is he the guy from? Uh, I recognise his face, but I could not for the life of me tell you something else he was saying. Um, I, yeah, he's from Life of Pi. I think in Jurassic World. Was he in Life of Pi? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. I I think he did. He pass away recently. Oh no! I'm really. Oh, did he? I mean. Oh, actually, you know what? At the time of this filming, I'd like to take to, to, to shout out to Holy um, shit, yeah, he, Aunt Polly. Sorry, who? Oh shit, yeah. Um, Helen McCrory, I think is her name. What's her name? Sorry. Oh, oh God, what a, what an actress! What a what a scene stealer! Um, yeah, I mean, she should have been locked up for the amount of scenes that she stole. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a big a big loss, and um, but like, yeah. Uh, um, Ifran Khan, yeah, he passed away last year too. Um, he was from also the Jurassic World movies, Slumdog Millionaire. Um, like, and I'm pretty sure Life of Pi as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's a big a big loss of souls. Helen Curry, R.I.P. Um, fuck yeah, like, yeah. No, my other thoughts thoughts with them. I really, I really mean that sincerely. That she was a she was a terrific actress. I was especially a fan of hers. Um, but uh. And it's hard to segue after that. Um, but like, so yeah, like it's just to, to drift back onto yeah, like I understood the, the motives of the villain. I I enjoyed the portrayal of the villain. He did a great job of humanizing him and gave us the like a great understanding of why he did what he did and how it got away from him. You know what I mean? So that's yes. what I liked about this part of the story. This is what this is what's so great about Spider-Man is that the widespread of like you have everything that runs the gambit from somebody like the lizard who gets lost in his research, which happens in this real world, but they put it on like Jekyll and a Marvel stage. Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. And then you have somebody all the way to Carnage, yeah. who is a who is like so amazingly one dimensional. Like he's so unapologetically one dimensional that it works. Is his name Cletus Clay. Oh god, Cletus Clay is a Yeah. And uh but this obviously becoming a reptile and having a reptilian brain, he started. He was great. He didn't just get lost in his research. He literally got lost in the recesses of his under, like his lesser brain. Yeah, was coming to the surface, and uh, ultimately, like there was, it's, it's, it's always good when there's no bad guy, bad guy, or at least nobody that realizes that they are the bad guy. Yeah, because that's the scariest thing I think in human nature is that when the, you know when the Normandy beach been stormed. And so many people were dying. Nobody there thought they were the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody there thought we we're the bad guys. It's a kind of like that's terrifying to me. Is man. it like Barry Pepper? Someone touches on it and saving Private Ryan was like, if we're praying to God, who are they praying to, or whatever? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, if we think God's on our side, who do they think's on their side? You know what I mean? Like whatever. Yeah, like, that's exactly yeah, exactly it. So um, yeah, I did, and I thought that kind of when I was watching it, I started to think like, does he have a point? You know, as in, if he's talking just purely, uh, purely thinking 
pragmatically, if you could eliminate disease, if you could eliminate, um, you know, disability, yeah. if you could eliminate pain to at least some degree, if you could obviously increase the physical capacity, the longevity of, of the species, would that be such a bad thing? And I think ultimately what it comes down to is that you don't get to make that decision. Yeah. That's why he was the bad guy to me. Yeah. It's like you simply don't get to make that decision. But, That's but it. It's a good, but, a good decision in theory, but the, but the ramifications. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Like, of course, so much could go wrong. You just sometimes you're presented with, like, it's good. You know, these kind of these things somebody presents you with, would you rather or what would you do in the scenario? And the fact of the matter is, unfortunately, there's no tidy answer. Yeah. There's, there's, you'd be like, I think you'd be crazy if you did what he did, but I also think you'd be crazy if you didn't stop for one minute yeah. and just think about it. Yeah. Well, I think, though, he's also, you'd be crazy not to try it. If you're an amputee and then you see this, like, technology that he believes, he doesn't, like, he gets lost in the promise of what the technology holds. And instead yes. of getting, not, like, he should be looking at the results. You know what I mean? Like, where he's just like, yeah. He's like, oh, I, I, I need, I need my arm back. You know what I mean? And anyone that looks at that can understand. Like, if you were to lose your arm, you would do anything to get it back. Not just like a prosthetic limb. We're talking about an actual new yeah. arm grown from scratch. You know what I mean? Like the first time he tries the serum on himself and he grows the arm, I didn't spot this the other two times. It's a very small thing, though. Is that he's, you know, he he, he rips the kind of skin off, yeah. like the uh, kind of lizard scale. And it's a hand, a kind of very white, pale, kind of doesn't have any fingernails or anything, but it's a hand all the same. And he's he's moving it, and then he puts it underneath the light bulb, and he touches it, and he scalds himself a tiny bit touching the bulb. Yeah, because no and he laughs. Yeah, and he laughs because he can feel that. Yeah. Like this phantom limb is back, and he can actually feel it. And it must be like I mean, it must be something that people who've gone through that sort of pain. Um, can understand only too well or people yeah. who've never had or people who just never had a limb due to some something maybe congenital um could just like wow i have i've dreamed of that yeah i've dreamed of that every day yeah and i think i i, I don't claim to understand that of course i don't understand yeah it. but like on, on a human level like I, I, you, you would you could assume the appeal of it and then i they, they kind of did a scene following that and it's reminiscent of uh the falls goblin where his insanity starts talking to him. And I don't know if it was his lizard brain yeah. talking with his civilian brain, but when he's in the sewer and he's running trials and talking, it's like literally like a voice in the sewers with him telling him what he needs to do. Yeah. And you can, and that's the Jekyll and Hyde. That's the quite literal Jekyll and Hyde yeah. moment where the, the, the two worlds are colliding and uh, the devil on, you, want, you have a devil on your shoulder, but you don't have an angel. Yeah. And you're losing yourself, and it did. It made him. It made him sympathetic throughout, which I thought again. I, I think that's just good storytelling because it would have been easier just to make the bad guy the bad guy. William Defoe was a bad guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the Goblin was killing people, and there's there wasn't really much he said. Uh, but there was something too. There was something too with the lizard. I never wanted to see him in the film, so I think that's why I'm so happy with it because I like I like when I have low expectations. Yeah. To prove wrong. Or I like when I'm very certain about something and I'm proven wrong. Yeah. Because it just it's just good storytelling and you have to recognize it. And um it goes to show again the, the strength and depth of Spider Man's uh, rogues gallery. Where like you touched oh, on it. Oh the best it's the best. Mm. I defy you. I defy you to tell you. I, like even the, the only one you can come out with is Batman. And Batman has a go, go deep on Batman. 
go deep on Batman. Can, um, actually, wait yeah. there, just to be fair to you, make a Sinister Six of Batman villains. Oh, wow, okay, that's that's fair. Obviously, you'd have to have Joker. Yeah. Uh, the muscle would probably be Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Or Bane. No, the muscle would be Bane, because he's got the intelligence as well, and that makes him a better character. Mm. Um, oh, you'd have um, uh, Slade. You'd have Deathstroke. Yeah. Mr. Freeze. He would be Mr. Freeze, because he's a genius. And what 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 are we up to now? Is that four or five? Four. Who did you say for us? I think the did pa- you say Joker? Joker, Joker, Bane, Deathstroke, Mister Freeze, Penguin, because he's the underworld boss. Yeah. Like, but like Joker's got a gang, but Penguin's organized. Do you think crime. Penguin like, be kind of like the Amanda Waller? Waller. Oh God! Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. Like, yeah, the results guy, yeah. like the one who, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Scratch my back and I won't kill you. Yeah. And uh, God, like there's a few now, but who would I finish it off with? I, I, Lex Luthor popped into my head because that's their Legion of Doom, but he's obviously not uh, Batman's bad guy. So I think I might lean in on maybe Professor Pig or um, yeah, he's just it's this guy who's obsessed with body augmentations. So it's kind of gross. Yeah, he's in Gotham. Oh, oh Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow. Um, Kenny Murphy's portraying him is brilliant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, what's his What's yeah. his first name? Something Crane, isn't it? Oh, I, 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 oh, they had a tendency to give them names that would be a little bit on the nose for what they would later be called, uh, like Edward Nigma. Yeah, was uh, Riddler. I can't think of it, but yeah, but that that would be my rose gallery of, of Batman. But Batman's the only one who could compare. That Spider-Man has an absolutely fantastic role, but I feel like all Spider-Man's villains are really, really well designed to fight Spider-Man. Yeah. No, a good power set to actually take them on. Yeah, you have Craven, absolutely. You have Craven, Lizard, Venom, um, Goblin, uh, Vulture. He could fight them all in like really, really expansive settings because they can all cover so much ground yeah. and cause so much much destruction. Um, so I think just yeah, no, Spider Man wins for me, and they were and they knew that and they were building towards it. And I think the first stone that they laid for the foundation was. Excellent, because especially because the second one should have been better, because a lot of the work had been yeah, done. looked like a trilogy was coming easily. No, no, exactly. And they knew, okay, Garfield works as a Spider-Man. Um, the special effects look good. Yeah, uh, we was you know the, the world that the police New York City has accepted him, and now we can just have fun with it. And it should have been the step up that um, Spider-Man Two um, McGuire was. It was a big step yeah. up. But it just it just wasn't. It didn't have the heart. But that first one, I'd give it a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, maybe seven and a half out of ten. Uh, Doctor Jonathan Crane is a uh, scarecrow's Jonathan yeah. Crane. Yeah, um, I checked it up. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I, I'm the same way. Look, this movie had a lot of promise. Like the way um, Spider Man's origin story, even though it was kind of like repetitive in a sense, you know, because we knew what was going to happen. The way they dealt with that was pretty good. It flowed nicely. Some interesting new elements. The way Uncle Ben died was kind of stupid. Um, the whole interaction with the convenience store guy was so. Oh yeah, yeah. We never touched yeah. about that. But, yeah, yeah. We we can we talk about that. what. What do you think? Of, like, do you think it was a bit like made Peter Parker look like such a small petty person? The, 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 like, yes. You know, in comparison to you know, like in you know, we all know about the whole thing where he goes to the wrestling thing and he gets jibbed. Yeah. After that, like, after that, you can be pissed off. Like I just fought a dude. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might, you might, yeah, he gets ripped off. I wouldn't have helped the dude rip me yeah. off. I wouldn't be worried if somebody ripped him off. So I kind of got that. But this one, but like, in a, one way I like it as well because when I was a kid, 
if I got a really, really bad humor, you would have that I'm miserable, so everyone else needs to be miserable in maturity. Yeah. And that's a part something you need to kind of exercise yourself of. And I think he was in that phase. He he was about to like he had to grow up quite quick when he lost his parents, but obviously he still at the same time didn't finish the process. Yeah. And then losing Uncle Ben, he had to grow up pretty much straight away. And even then, again, it was a process. So it just showed that he was he was a hero at heart, but he was still a complicated kid. Yeah. But yeah, it was a silly scene. It wasn't one of the better scenes. Yeah. So like in comparison to Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, did you prefer, I know that's very, um, very true to the source material in comparison to this, but like, I, I know we touched on it, but like, do you think the way Ben Parker's death scene is handled in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man in comparison to this movie, Mark, Mark Webb, I think, directed it. Um, um, I'd have to, I'd have to tip the cap to Sam Raimi for, you know, again, more, more true to the, <clears throat> more true to the original narrative, but it was more uh, fleshed out. Yeah. Um, with with Ben Parker, he falls out with Peter in uh, Martin Sheen's Ben Parker. He falls out with Peter. Peter runs away. And ben Parker goes looking for him. And gets shot, um, and that was fine. Just got on with it. I suppose it was a bit. Bit cheesy, had not. But I, 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 eventually, you do kind of want the film to just kind of get on with yeah. it. But I have to it's say, like enough uh, origin story already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do remember when the, the, the when the thief is running by Peter Parker, and obviously he's got the strength of ten men at the stage yeah. and the speed to match. So he could have taken that guy down as easily. But it was a case of not doing it, and then realizing that no matter what, even if you're peeved off. You, you always have to do the right thing. I think Sam Raimi's version did an excellent take on that. Yeah. But I think I, I still prefer Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben. Oh, of course, Martin Sheen in the Tobey Maguire movie would have made it so much better. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Uh, he just really naive. He's like, not my policy, man. So, <laughs> like, so petty, you do this milk. Relax. <laughs> you know I mean? like, just relax. Like, yeah. You know, you can shoot web if you want to steal milk. Just do it like you know what I mean like yeah. you know, don't be a bitch about it like trip the guy up or something you know what I mean fuck's <laughs> <laughs> you know? sake like, I can you want trolls him the milk the, 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 the yeah, robber trolls it's like, you know yeah. it's like he's my best buddy I'm going to let him away with armed robbery no actually no he, <laughs> yeah, well it's not armed robbery but like I'm going to let him away with robbery or whatever because he doesn't actually use a gun because he just sneakily empties out the till when your man's not looking isn't it that's exactly what it is yeah. and he bolts um, and then he kills Uncle Ben yeah all they knew was like I think they were writing this film and said, right, Uncle Ben has to die. Exactly <laughs> and he's like, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of work in making you like him and then we're just gonna kill him off. Yeah. So they have that much. They did it's kind of exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, God Martin Martin Sheen's such a good actor though. He just he just he was he was what he they needed him to be. Yeah. He was a father figure. He was ultimately, you know, he was an, he didn't take any nonsense, any shit. But his heart was in the right yeah, place, yeah. and he only wanted what was best for him. And they got all of those notes, and then they. they, they I, I think in um, if you look at the Man, Man of Steel or the Snyderverse, um, you know, iteration of Superman and um, his Aunt Martha, um, Diane Lane's um uh, portrayal of uh, Martha, I think, has a lot of Sally Field in it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They kind of realize that you don't have to go for the very stereotypical, very fragile older nursing home age mm. kind of parent and it's not these people are still extremely um yeah, extremely you know capable of taking care of themselves they're just literally older they're in their 50s and they're in their 60s yeah. as people are and have absolutely full and active lives 
So yeah, absolutely, and I, I I like it that way. I think it should be that way. You know, they, they, like, it's, if you if you were to stay as true to the source material, um, you know, the, Clark Kent's parents would have been a little slice of Americana, good hardworking folk who you know yeah. just you know they work on the farm, they pay their taxes, they, you know, little 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 slice of heaven that they call their own. I mean, they, don't bother, don't bother nobody. Yeah, it's like the real American dream, nineteen fifties kind of era. Um, oh, it's exactly what it was. You know, it's exactly what it was. Do you and this movie? He's the all American and all that. But this movie is kind of like a lot about relationships and shit. Like you know, we spoke about his relationship with um uh, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, with uh, Kirk Connors, and like when you look at like at the time, Andrew Garfield was uh, in an actual real life relationship with Emma Stone, who portrayed Gwen Stacy, who's the love interest in this instead of Mary Jane Watson, and then attempt attempted Stone just to make it different enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what did you think of the chemistry they had, and did you think it was as good as Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, or? Oh, no, it was way way better because Kurt, because Tobey Maguire was like, oh, just so obsessed <laughs> with Kirsten Dunst. It was just so like we got it kind of. Thing. And she was such a like was, a plot device. That's all they used her. Yeah, like. she was such a plot device. She was just you know she was at any like. Emma Stone actually got was just a normal was supposed to be. She's years. so charismatic though, isn't she? Yeah, that's it. She's charismatic. She's a good actress. Very good. It's very funny scenes where you know Spider Man's in her bedroom, so and the captain is trying to catch Spider Man's at the door. So she goes out and she goes, "Cramps! Oh my god, so bad! Yeah. It's, it's just a nightmare situation." I'm just like, "Yeah, that's like, I mean, yeah, you, you that's a good way to get your dad." Yeah, away. it's like, yeah, it's like, like the, the woman's ultimate weapon. How to make a man? It's a woman's ultimate yeah. weapon because yeah, no, you're just like you're just backing away, uh, just backing away, and. Uh, yeah, so I thought she was, but also like she, you know, she takes, uh, she like it would have all gone to shit if it wasn't for her. She managed to steal the vial of whatever the antidote to what the lizard was going for. When uh, Peter Parker, when Spider Man's fighting him in the school, um, he has him dead to rights, and she hits him in the back of head with a trophy. Yeah. Doesn't do much because because the lizard is such a big power. But she doesn't get kidnapped monster. once in this movie, and she doesn't get kidnapped once. In fact, there's what I thought was a real cool scene is that. She's hiding from the lizard, but he obviously literally spells her out, and um, <clears throat> and she has kind of a makeshift flamethrower. Yeah, and the, the lizard literally just opens it up, and he holds his hand up, and his hand takes the burn. He takes the device thing that he needs, and he just looks at her and kind of goes, just leaves, because he's not actually trying to kill anybody. He knows now if he leaves her there, it's like it, it's no, she she's not going to be able to scale a building yeah. and, and fight him on on, on his own. Spider Man's an actual threat, but she was still like she was be fearless and that's what the whole hero thing is supposed to be yeah. that you're fearless and if you happen to have superpowers then you use them for the betterment of people but she was she was a kick-ass kind of female kind of protagonist in it and not and not a um Dance you know, in stress. Like, well that's the thing i think mary jane watson um was literally one step above being um tied to a railway track <laughs> by you know i'm gonna kill her a goblin with like an evil mustache yeah. you know like his absolute dance in the strip. All three films. Yeah. They all kidnapped. Yeah, ridiculous. Like they, they all kidnapped. That's something we touched upon that like uh like when you look at in modern more modern movies that like I know it's not a new thing we, we you know, Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor, but female protagonists and even female side characters in superhero movies, love interest or whatnot. They're not just used as plot devices to be puppets to be thrown around by villains, to be left in precarious places to be saved. They actually assist, uh, help, and in, and in, and enhance the superhero. 
and the character. A lot of times nowadays, you see the love interest will find out the secret identity earlier on, so they can be more like you know in tune, more like you know ingratiated or you no know, whatever in the life of the superhero and the alter ego. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so, I think you, you don't see like it's not like in this like you know when Stacy finds out what about halfway marks for uh, Peter Parker Spider Man. You know what I mean? So about the high, at the at the dinner at the dinner like he does this all kind of la-la land type yeah. where he kind of hits her with the webbing and spins her into his arms. But uh, yeah, she finds out about halfway through and everyone in the school is <coughs> stupid, so none of them find out. So yeah, Kirsten does doesn't find out the end of Spider-Man 2 pretty much. Oh, she kind of knows at the end of Spider-Man 1 the kiss. Oh yeah, the kiss at the, the funeral, yeah. And she's like, she does this whole like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you, oh God, she touches her own lips and she's like, oh, I think that's spider but uh, yeah, no, she's so not. It's a web like. Hey, Emma Stone is just Emma, <coughs> Emma Stone is a, is a beautiful, beautiful woman, mm. and he's the kid in school, and she's smart, and she's in the sciences as well. So there's kind of common ground, yeah. And she's funny, so there's absolutely no reason why he wouldn't like her. Yeah. So there's no reason he wouldn't want to go on a date with her, or go for dinner with her, or spend time with her, study with her, all that kind of jazz. So that was just that was just teenager shit. Yeah, that's just that that's just like really, really basic teenager shit, and that's the way it should be. And a relationship develops, but Peter Parker was so obsessed and joy-eyed about Mary Jane Watson the entire time, yeah. and she was just so like, "Do you love me, Peter Parker?" And it was, I hated, I hated it. The third film somehow was worse than the first two combined in that way as well. Um, but yeah, no. If you if you want me to compare one to the other, then there's absolutely no. Doubt I, I liked 100%. it. I liked the the uh, the fact that she was attracted to Peter Parker before he ever became Spider Man as well. Yes. You know what I mean? There was something there already between them. And in you yeah. know what I mean? In him becoming Spider-Man just kind of gave him the bravery to go forward with her. But she always liked him before that. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like the way Mary Jane only started noticing um Peter Parker in the Tobey Maguire movies after he became Spider-Man because he had this renewed confidence or whatever. She always Gwen Stacy always was attracted to him. And it was actually his renewed confidence to give him the balls pretty much. To make the move or whatever you know what i mean like that wasn't a turn like so i just think it's more natural that i think that she was attracted to him all along and not the fact that because he became yeah. a hands person of himself she suddenly attracted to him yeah yeah that there was something there to him and that makes the chemistry between them real and i don't know i felt like again we did they didn't bog the story down in it it just made sense to me yeah it's like yeah why wouldn't they like each other yeah um if they're both like straight whatever age teenagers hormones and she's just um a, a nice grounded uh, attractive intelligent yeah. woman who invites him to dinner and you're damn right he's gone yeah exactly <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean of course he's gone yeah. so we didn't need like the doy eyed of you know attraction or anything like that yeah, so falling after that. or something like oh but the peter parker god man because we watched all three of those yeah. films not too long ago it's like really bad yeah <laughs> like, you know it's really bad so yeah, no, I I, I was delighted with, it. and I, if I was to say like Zendaya and uh, Holland and Emma Stone and Garfield and then uh, Durs Dunst and um, Maguire, I would definitely be right there in the middle with Garfield and Gwen Stacy. Yeah, they just they, you know they they had stupid sen kitty sense of humors and you could they had a, they had a rapport and obviously they even had a real life relationship. So like maybe that was made it a little bit easier to, for for it to bleed into the actual acting. Yeah, but um. Yeah, no, I was very happy with that. And I don't, it's not a love story. Spider-Man's not a love story. It's a story of relationships. Yeah. So it, it didn't like shy away from Sally Fields as Aunt May 
and that uh, didn't shy away from Uncle Ben and it didn't shy away from um, him kind of trying to stay grounded in his own life and studies and future and which he did a bad job of but like you know did a bad job of it but they touched on yeah. touched on the difficulty of it so yeah no I thought it was good so I, I, I it, superhero films should be loved yeah, yeah it, like it's not as if there's a, a it's not as if the world is experiencing a shortage of rom-coms yeah. <laughs> or something you know what I mean it could like, be an element of the story but it shouldn't be what the story's about yeah yeah because the story should be about your life yeah. for like a period of time and obviously relationships of all kind of descriptions are kind of bleed into that but they, no it shouldn't be bogged down in something it should be the story like the title of the film is spider-man so it should be about Spider-Man. yeah exactly and it was well, and it was so it definitely definitely gets it gets 10 out of 10 for me on that it just it didn't i never felt i never felt it way down the story and i i felt like i the females in films were starting to get a bit stronger now where less damsel in distress more black widow yeah exactly um yeah now wonder woman and uh, what we have today but at the same time thought emma stone was definitely the best yeah definitely the best of, of, of the ladies in the spider-man's life for me so far uh yeah no same as in the chemistry she had with andrew garfield was obviously natural as you touched on and we said earlier that like they were going out together at the time and stuff like that and that obviously you know was shown across on the screen because like you know they were very natural together they had this kind of like kind of awkward attraction and they both were kind of nerdy and both were kind of you yeah. know what i mean like so it, they played off each other well and like even though they're the most 26 year old 17 year olds ever but you know yeah. but, but no, they played off each other very well and like i i really enjoyed that aspect of the movie it was a lot stronger and it, it seems forced as the Tobey Maguire Kirsten Dunst relationship because she never seemed like she was interested in in Tobey Maguire until he became a much more enhanced version of himself and in this it was just like it was a natural attraction that just you know he just as as I said earlier just later developed the confidence to you know pull the trigger if you will you know yeah like he was always I always thought he was a good looking guy but it wasn't until I seen him take on six iron rubbers barehanded yeah. jumping from building to building I thought I think I'm attracted yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so I agree with you there. I do. Um, I think it will move a bit little, like kind of towards the end. The idea, the, the idea of this film was that eventually Kirk Connors was so far gone um, that he felt like he had cured himself. He, he says to Peter, I'm getting stronger every day, um, smarter. Yeah. And he said, uh, I can fix the world here. There's no need. There's no reason to stop me. And there's actually a good scene I want to just touch on very quickly where he's fighting in the school. Oh, the school. But he actually, when he's in the chemistry lab, you think he's just going to tear through because yeah. he's brawn. Like, um, but he actually mixes two chemicals together and throws it at in and creates a kind of explosion or a noxious cloud. Yeah, I love that because he's still a scientist. Still a scientist. Mm. And then, so I was, I was very, very impressed with that. But I, I remember thinking, so he obviously he wanted to give this to the world. Peter Parker figures out when yeah. he gets down to his lair and, and there's a simulation and for some reason he'd gone to the trouble of putting the graphic of lizards spreading over New York City on <laughs> mass because you know you won't know it um, but uh, I thought I moved into the final section I thought quite smoothly they have one last battle Peter almost gets arrested and they're going to have a showdown where he's going to use Oscorp Tower to uh, as a ta- as a the word I'm looking for booster signal basically yeah. to get the, the amplifier the, the, yes the chemical agent up into the stratosphere at least and just rain down on New York what, and turn everyone into lizards what do you make of the action set pieces in this like earlier on we had him do battle with the lizard on the bridge like you talked about a little bit earlier 
Then we yeah. had him down in the sewers, which we touched upon, where you know Spider Man uses the web, and they're all they're all built like the, on the the bridge. It was he sees him for the first time. They kind of juke it out, but not much, and he has to save the kid. The second time in the sewer, he straight up has to escape hmm. because he's fighting him in his element in uh in the water. In the he's sewer, the most spite places where something we touched upon. Sorry to progress, but isn't he the most spidery of all Spider Man in his in yes. his mannerisms and how he hunts and tracks. His enemies in the school fighting scene, he um he wraps up the uh, lizard, but literally crawls around him like a spider would. It's yeah, because, uh, and I, I've never seen licks that his lips when he sees a fly so. earlier on. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Actually, he does. And um, but he, I thought that was yeah. No, I thought he was definitely the most. It was even the scene where he's in the, the sewer. He's tying his webs together. Yeah, it's an actual kind of webbing of tracking by vibration. Uh, and tracking by vibration, which spiders also do. So I thought that would be, that was that was definitely the most spidery Spider-Man. I have to I have to give credit. I for never that. even the first time he fights him, he touches upon it. Second time he fights him, he tries to escape. Third time he fights him, he survives him. Yeah. So it always kind of builds up that yeah, Spider-Man's cool, but like face to face, how do you stop him? Because you could break his neck. Yeah. And he neck would he like the cops put like ninety five bullets in him, and actually I think they do kill him for about 20, 10 to 10 seconds. So I think his regenerative abilities can even bring him back. What What do you think of the scene in the school with the late great Sam, uh, Stan Lee? Um, I, I, he has the headphones on. It's in yeah, like a library, in like a book depository or something. And it was like, was he listening to classical music or something? He's listening to classical music and it's very, and there's a real cool, I think the best, it's probably the most, could be my favourite of his cameos because it's very funny that the lizard trolls a tail. Yeah. <laughs> Just about to cream it. Like, absolutely wipe him out. And he's like, he's none the wiser. I love that. Like, you know. None the wiser. And obviously Spider-Man grabs it with the webbing and it kind of, you know, uses its reverse momentum and he drags it back and hits the lizard. Yeah. And Sam Raimi's just absolutely none the wiser. So yeah, no, I thought it was good. It's good. I like, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted a fun, I like, I like. Um, great variation like, in the action sequences, wasn't there? Oh, great variation. None of them were the same. I actually thought the action, the action. The actual set pieces of action were excellent, and I think it was the best power grouping I've seen in a Spider-Man fight. Yeah. Where Spider-Man's just fighting somebody, and he has to be smart. He can't take him on in a brawl. He just can't. Yeah. Um, he's he's not even necessarily he can stop. He needs to trap. Him. Yeah. And uh, oh, I, oh, I just thought they were excellent. I really did. And building up to the last scene, I remember the first time I watched this, I was excited for like the penultimate scene, the top of the building. You know, you've got the timer because obviously this experiment is going to be completed yeah. in T minus like 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, I thought myself nicely, but like, the cranes, yeah, the fucking the cranes, cranes was unfortunate. <laughs> so, yeah, so he he finds out what the what the lizard's up to. He caused Gwen and tells her to get out of the lab because he's going back there to get something. Gwen doesn't listen because she's a badass. Yeah. She gets she gets the age and she sets off the fire, all this kind of stuff that we've put on a little bit. Uh, sets off the fire alarm, clears the building, but uh. Spider-Man meets the cops. They capture him, sort of. He take off his mask. He breaks the cuffs. He kicks the shit out of him. Then uh, the captain finds out that he's Peter Parker. So he's it's great because you know you think you're like a like a detective of sorts, and you're looking for this one guy, and he's been in your house three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's a captain, so he probably wouldn't be doing any um, street work. Yeah, but that's he's, it. he's yeah, on the street. It's a surprising amount in this movie for a captain. He, he is on the street. Surprising amount. Um, Which is pretty much an administrative tells, role, as far as I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He tells Captain Stacy what's going on, and he says, right, my daughter, go on, get to him. Don't shoot. And then, like, something that you never see is, you know, a, 
cop shoots. Uh, <laughs> probably shot a me. cop quick on the trigger. <laughs> yeah. No way. No way. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> that is a dark side in, of the moon these, exclusive. In these United States. Um, <laughs> so then he's up, and then I, I can't remember. Like how any person of color. Like, they're like, red and blue. <laughs> but uh, wow. yeah so like yeah as you're saying so what do you make of this scene where like spider-man's escaping and you touched upon it earlier i'm not sure if it was before recording or, was, or um when um earlier in the show was like peter parker's like, hidden by the shadows his mask is taken and you were saying you love that scene where he kind of takes out the i did it was just something where he he obviously he needs to escape so he uses a combination of the of, he uses a really quick combination of the fact that it's like spider-man can stick to walls and spider-man is strong and spider-man's agile and the, the webs themselves are just like he used his mind which he he would have been able to develop the webs anyway but obviously he needed his power set to make them work but he uses his agility and his strength and his intelligence all at once in the scene where he keeps his head down breaks the breaks the cuffs kind of spins around a lot so nobody could get a clear bead on him yeah takes the cops down without hurting any of them greatly and it's only like eventually whatever he gets caught in the sense that he could get out of it if he was willing to be more heavy-handed yeah. but he's you know the cops weren't the bad yeah, he shows a lot of restraint at times doesn't he? Yeah, he shows a lot of restraint so i thought it was a cool just a cool scene and, and of course the camera work you know like when the camera kind of pans around closes in yeah. and then he looks up and there's always that scene and that's the way they set it up and when it's done well i think equilibrium the reveals were done well in this mind. movie weren't it the feels world done well and it set itself up and you could feel the action coming and the action never disappointed so i thought yeah no i, I really really thought that i'd say he had about six or seven action sequences in it before before we run into the, the clothes what did you make of the scene where peter parker um reveals that he thinks kirk connor's maybe the giant lizard as terrorized new york to uh, the, <laughs> the, to dennis leary's captain stacy what you make of that scene that was brilliant because he was saying you're taking you're saying that the doctor is dressing up as a giant <laughs> no and i love it's kind of like no yeah. i'm not saying anything that ridiculous yeah. I, i'm saying that he is a lizard yeah <clears throat> and like so yeah i thought that scene was funny too um but like so like just to jump back um so we don't stray too off course so like the last last running um what did you make the whole scene with the cranes and spider-man yeah no i admit the crane thing was was definitely very like you know, these united states of America, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the flag kind of in the background, the man lining up all the cranes because um, Spider-Man needed to clear a shot. <clears throat> I do like, it, it, it kind of, like every film always has this, the hero, anyone can be a hero kind yeah. of thing. And Spider-Man never disappoints in that sense. And uh, this was just, yeah, this was just like the layman. The everyday man, you know, <laughs> doing it for doing it for these streets. You feel me? And uh, oh god, it was so corny. It was so. Bad. It was actually like shot quite well. Yeah, it was shot quite well. Like you yeah. know, you got you got kind of first person, first person angle yeah. of it. I actually thought the physics of the way Spider Man moved. It wasn't just like shooting at the clouds and just kind of always be swinging. Yeah. It was short swings, swinging close to buildings happened to swing kind of far out because that's the way your momentum is carrying you. Yeah. Um, so I thought it actually did that real well. I just thought that the lining up the cranes thing was cheesy. I didn't remember Spider-Man 3 where he's on his way to get this, save Mary <laughs> No way, um, shock horror. Yeah. And it, he literally, I think, Ooh, again, runs by an American flag. <laughs> it was really, really, really corny. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, if I have to weigh the pros and cons up, I can take this one on the chin. 
that was definitely a very corny scene. There's no, there's no way around. Um, yeah, um, I know you. You hate. Yeah, it. I, I, I know. I do. I hate that scene, but like, I, I glossed over because literally all the problems I had with it, you touched on very well there. Like so, and uh, like, um, now the crane scene leads into the lizard uh, on top of the building. He's trying to. He has his serum that we found out earlier on. Actually, we kind of we forgot to mention, but we found out earlier on in one of the scenes that like he this uh, serum or whatever, like a gas, turns people into lizards like him. Because remember, he used it on some cops. And this is his big, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. This is his big time <clears throat> to make everyone like him. So, and, and as you, you touched on earlier, he's going to shoot the serum or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, this, he figures he, he figures it's, it's actually a good thing to do, yeah, in his mind, you know, in his mind, yeah. And he's too far gone now to be reasoned with. So, Peter Parker actually fights him. And there's a cool scene he gets up to the top of the kind of tower and he swings around and he gets a really good kick in on the chest. And he takes him down. But of course, Lizard just overpowers him again. And I like that. They never... I, I, I kind of hate when the, the, when, the, when the good guy suddenly, suddenly becomes way stronger than the bad guy with like, no yeah, real yeah. premise. It's like when you Hulk Hogan kind of, Hulk out. It, when Hulk Hogan <laughs> Hulk out, like, when, when, when Goku in Dragon Ball Z finds another colour of his hair. Can go, <laughs> um, but this didn't have that. It was, and then there was another kind of cheesy scene where he takes off his mask and he goes, poor Peter Parker, yeah. all alone, uh, no parents, uh, no aunt, no uncle. Uh, Boom. <laughs> Not alone. <laughs> Dennis Leary, bitches. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Leary. Although, like, I mean, that'd be a fantasy of mine to just have Dennis Leary show up for any context. <laughs> but uh, then, he's, of course, he shoots the shit out of him. He shoots him. Um, and, yeah, and Spider Man covers the cool liquid first, nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which Spider Man grabs and, and these uses on him, and then they're they're just shooting the shit out of him. And he goes, "I got this. You you go take care of that." And then uh, uh, it was a cool scene actually because he's hand frozen, and then uh, Captain Stacy shoots his hand off with a twelve gauge, yeah. and then it just instantly you can just see like little fingers sprout because like mm. you, you've seen stuff like Wolverine and Deadpool, for example, where Generation is kind of their thing, uh, but the, the, the speed at which Kirk Connors was regenerating was like nothing, nothing like at no, all. Like even Deadpool, X Men last days. Oh, remember Wolverine's oh. regenerating skin as it's disintegrating off his body. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good yeah, point. Yeah, it's ridiculous for shame. Um, um, Brett Ratner for shame. Yeah, shame. Uh, I wish I had the heaven of the bell. <laughs> <laughs> shame. <laughs> But uh, Spider-Man gets up, and it's a cool scene because the, 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 the lizard escapes and, and kind of fatally wounds the cop straight away. But then he jumps, and it's got that, like, four, yeah. three, two, and Spider-Man just managed to change the lizard formula with the antelope formula. That Gwen Stacy made. That Gwen Stacy made. And, and that's the thing. Like, like Mary Jane never helped out <laughs> at all because she was too busy just too busy being a woman, which is just at the time was just seemed to be such a handicap or something. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, yeah, so it's got that really cool. He's got Spider Man. You think this is it? He's probably going to, you know, he's thinking about kill him now. Yeah. I'll actually just kill him and be done with him. But then when the formula kind of touches him, he instantly starts to lose um, his scales and obviously he starts to shrink a bit and things like that. Yeah. And then uh, Spider Man goes to fall for his death, but goes to fall, he's kind of pooped. And he gets caught by Kirk Connors himself, who's obviously instantly 
now that he's human form is, is returning, his civilian brain is taken over again. Yeah. And you realize that it wasn't Kirk Connors, like, not, not truly. That, that something very real had taken over his body and his senses and sensibilities. He wasn't like a classic villain. Yeah. And even says the captain, oh God, the captain. And Peter calls the, <laughs> Peter yeah. calls the captain and he's kind of going, uh, don't, don't want to see the yeah. guard. Like, Dude. <laughs> Lousy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like that. Yeah, that scene where Dennis Leary's Captain Stacy is like, uh, "It's like I'm about to die now, but before I do, <laughs> stay away from yeah. my daughter. <laughs> stay away from my daughter, my beautiful, beautiful daughter. Who <laughs> smells really like strawberries? <laughs> yeah, she really likes you. I mean, really likes you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so like uh, uh, the final scene, um, Kirk Connors turns back to. You know, or the laser turns back to Kirk Connors, Captain Stacy dies. We get the mandate from Captain Stacy that he's uh, Peter Parker stay away from um, Gwen Stacy. Then we see in the run up, whatever, you know, he breaks his promise because the best promises are the hardest ones to keep or some bullshit. Um, oh. You know, which makes, I don't know, very little sense. I said, it's, I said, comparing it to its predecessor, the end of the first Spider Man in 2001 was just so fucking dreadful. Mm. But, uh, Peter doesn't go to the funeral. Peter doesn't do anything. Gwen shows up at the house and, and he turns her away. And then she turns around and goes, he made you promise, didn't he? And then he just decides, uh, it's, you know, after a little, Sally Fields interjects a bit as well. And then he decides, you know what? It's fine. It was only his dying wish. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, come on, Forrest. You got to go and do it. <laughs> yeah, you got to go. I think and she goes, that's you know, where she gets past like, those kind of parts because of Forrest Gump, I think. Yeah, probably actually. You know, I was only I only watched um God, what was it called? Cannonball. What was the one with Bart Reynolds where they they're running from the cops and they're trying to uh God, what are they called it? The, the trilogy with Bart Reynolds that's, and Sally Yates. It's Smokey and the Bandit, isn't it? Smokey and the Bandit, that's the one. Uh I I, I remember watching that going, My God, Sally feels gorgeous. Like she's she's kind of the hot, young, crazy kind of girl who's who's out and about and then she kind of became quite quite a grounded yeah. character like Miss, Mrs. Doubtfire in Forrest Gump but um, she kind of convinces him that people's dying wishes don't mean shit fuck those people <laughs> and uh, he decides to he decides to bravely start seeing the beautiful girl again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's like ooh what a sacrifice <laughs> like Emma yeah, Stone ooh, what a sacrifice. cool and gorgeous <laughs> cool and gorgeous Emma Stone cool and hot at the same time the woman is so perfect she's a paradox <laughs> yeah, she is just a paradox <laughs> But um, like uh, so, like before we go to a break and we come back with the the what if segment that we um we normally do in the second half and the best and worst of Spider the Amazing Spider Man, I wanted to ask you know um in comparison to Tobey Maguire's Spider Man and the, the Spider Man trilogy and all that, the suit that is always a big thing about Spider Man movies. It's something that we like to focus on the aesthetics of the suit and the many reasons we touched on earlier of uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man because you know it's a Spider Man movie, not just Peter Parker. And the way it looks, and what you think of the redesign of the suit, what you think of like the way he created the suit, the the difference with yeah. no organic webs, with the now the the web capsules returning, stuff like this. So, what did you make of the changes and the alterations to the Spider Man aesthetically and the way he was portrayed and all that stuff? Uh, well, I've absolutely you know got that idea how McGuire made that suit. <laughs> I never explained it. 
he had he, he was dark yeah. poor. He had I made pictures and they came alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 like at least with Garfield, they showed they showed him making webbing. Yeah, and they showed him like really like working out formula equations, all that kind of jazz. It was kind of easier to imagine the suit, yeah. but also they even showed him using like stuff that people use in winter sports, stuff that people use when they're deep sea diving. Yeah, uh, it, like you know, kind of like kind of frictionless materials and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so it could tell that he was given an awful lot of thought. And that he was a literal genius, and that he had access to certain things. Allowed us to show, like, to show that, though, as you touched on there, he's, he's a genius. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, so so when he showed up with a suit, I was just like, yeah, of course he did. Yeah, that dude's got an IQ of maybe one ninety, two hundred. Of course he did. There's no problem to him. Like, yeah. So his suit made sense to me, and it was more. I guess it was classic. I sometimes less is more. Yeah. Like uh, I actually love Holland suit, you know, because. They, they were able to say, "Oh, Iron Man made it," and that's just a, that's yeah, just a blank yeah. Check. T- Tony Stark was such a beautiful out, wasn't he? Yeah, he was such a beautiful out. He was just like, he's just like, oh yeah, twos are wild. Oh, okay, cool. I got like four twos. <laughs> I have like Spider Man suit that has like kill mode, yeah. and li- literal an extra four limbs and stuff like that. But uh, I, Garfield was grounded. It was just, I don't know. It was it was like the comic book one without the stupid underarm webbing things that they. But I always hate yeah, for the gliding for some reason. Yeah, for gliding yeah. or something. But uh, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it. I can't say I loved it, but I, I did like it. And McGuire's one didn't make sense to me because it was even had this black mesh yeah. over it that I wondered how he got so to look so good and got it on it so right. But uh, I liked it. They, they kind of just made it what I needed to be. Yeah. And, and like I said, that they walked us through the process so much that I felt like, yeah, of course, that's fine. It was kind of almost a montage of how intelligent he is how outside the box he's thinking, how much time he lay into the night he's thinking about these things, um, how much he's, even though he's extremely capable, he's stretching himself, he's wearing himself out, he's obsessing. So then when people are like that, they can come out with things that are very impressive. And he um, drew inspiration from luchador wrestlers and stuff, remember, because he lands on the yeah. And what you, yeah. uh, it's a joke, I, I think I said to you before, but this movie is kind of like theater parkour. Um, you can see the free running influences and stuff like, you know, uh, oh God, what, yeah. what did you think of like uh, the part where he goes to the roof and he does like that one handed handstand and then drops himself off the side of a skyscraper? <laughs> oh, that looks so cool. <laughs> you have to have a lot oh, of confidence that looked, in yourself, that cool. you know. Oh, yeah, no, that is so cool. Uh, I, I always wondered if it was a part of Spider-Man power that you literally just do have less of a human instinct yeah. to, to really great heights. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you want to claim you these know, things. You'd want to claim these things. It would occur to you because if you took, like, I mean, for me, like having like this ability to clean the walls would probably be like abseiling or something. It's, it's like somebody saying to you, don't worry, you have these ropes, these safety harnesses, you have these professionals, you have all of this, but I'm still going, yeah, but that's, that's 400 feet. Right? <laughs> like, I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't care if I have superpowers. I'm not doing it. <laughs> hey, that's something I always wonder, like, if I had the ability to fly, would uh, I still be afraid to fly? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, the heights that you'd go up to would be ridiculous. I think, yeah, no, my superhero suit would be, like, four pillows <laughs> taped to the front of me, and I'd fly, like, eight feet off the ground. <laughs> you know? but, um, so did you prefer the aesthetics of the suit and, you know, Andrew Garfield's portrayal of... I did. I did, because it meant, I, I did. I did because I actually thought McGuire's probably looked a lot cooler, but I just like Garfield's one, like, see how it came about. Yeah. And that just, that, yeah, it just did. Uh, McGuire's one took me out of the story a bit. Yeah. Sometimes it's just something that's too much of a red flag. It looked like it was beyond too, his capabilities, didn't 
exactly. And then you're just kind of going, no, I don't get it. You know, it's like when Hulk waking up with pants. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of going, no, like that's not what would happen. <laughs> if your waist, if your waist size increased from a 26 to a hundred, you'd be naked. Your pants would tear. You, you'd be naked. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, um, like, do you, do you want like do you want to touch on anything else before we go to the break, or are you happy we covered enough ground? Oh, and... I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. We'll jump into the break and be back with these with people before they even know it. Um, all right, cool. Sorry. Um, this is Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vince Green. He's your host, Noel John Tooley. We'll be back after the break. And now, word from our sponsors. this program to bring you a special report now the action is more spectacular than ever with wisecracking spider-man who's your favorite web slinger spider-man action figure <laughs> and zoom and go racers wisecracking spider-man and spectacular spider-man figures and vehicles each sold separately We're back after the break. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. This is Dark Side of the Moon. We are talking about the 2012 uh, The Amazing Spider-Man starring Andrew Garfield and whatnot. And in the second half of the show, we like to, you know, take a seat in the director's chair ourselves and decide what we would have changed and what we would have done differently than Mark Webb or the storytellers that were involved in The Amazing Spider-Man in this segment we like to call What If. And um, Noel... What if? What would you have changed if you were the director? What if you were the director, if you will, and how would you have changed, and what would you think you know could have gone differently in the Amazing Spider-Man Part One? Well, obviously, you know, like football, like films, like everything in the world, armchair directing is very easy. We like I watch UFC with a bag of Cheetos and say I would have finished it with an armbar and all of that yeah. kind of thing. But um, assuming that I let's just say that was my vision. And it was me in the, in the chair all along. And I looked at it and I said, what do I wish I had done different with my own creation? I would have dialed the cheese back a little yeah. bit. Maybe not like he's not alone and not have like a New York strong kind of message because um, the action should speak for itself. The characters should speak for themselves. Um, I might have changed the pacing in certain areas. But I do think that a lot of it, knowing the skills that I actually have, I'm thinking I couldn't have met a film as good. I would like to acknowledge yeah. that. Um, but I, I do think, like again, maybe Uncle Ben's death, I would handle that a bit differently. Um, I think I would have maybe, yeah, I, I might change up dynamics of it. But I thought the pacing of it was so good. The only thing I could actually think, because I agree with you, I would have taken the crane scene completely. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> because that was that was about sixty percent of the cheesiness. So there was other cheesy aspects. I, did, I thought like there was kind of silly stuff. So I don't, I don't like anything that takes me too far out of story in my yeah. own head. Like I know. It's about a, a guy who gets bit by spiders and now he can climb walls and strong and stuff. Yeah, checks out. So I, I do, uh, yeah, I, I, I do get that I have to suspend my disbelief. But if you were able, if I was holding a, a basketball and stretched to my arm and somebody couldn't physically take yeah. it, or if I was able to throw a ball so hard that I broke, uh, that I bent a goalpost, yeah. and, and like they say, like, oh, up in the nosebleed bleachers, but he actually yeah. was. So he was, he was in the back of the bleachers yeah. <laughs> and he threw the ball. <laughs> with one hand and bent the goal but not even the way you're supposed to draw a ball just like get get out of here and uh 
I would have been like, oh, that guy must be like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Coach? Spider Man? He's like, well, it's clear. Does anybody know as Peter Parker's like super strong lately? And like around the exact <laughs> same time that this like vigilante on the street is like attacking people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you put two and two together very quickly, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd be I'm surprised he's not like. Literally kind of has like bags for the Spider Man clothes labeled Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like, Sorry, I do have to say uh, another thing I want to change is I probably would have told everyone I was Spider Man. <laughs> you know, like, okay, Andrew, remember <laughs> the scene is just like, what do you want me to say? And, and um, what's the answer? Uh, at me. At me. What do you like? What do you want from me, at me? Not that. I'm Spider Man. <laughs> hey, I'm making you pass the milk. I'm Spider Man. <laughs> I forgot the eggs. I was too busy being Spider Man. Do you think that's what Dennis, Dennis Leary, uh, Captain Stacy, was like before he died? He's like, this fucking kid is telling everyone he's Spider Man. He's yeah. going to get my daughter killed. That's what he meant. You want to make enemies because you can't shut the fuck up. About <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, kid, uh, do not secret identity. It's a secret <laughs> identity. Yeah, it would have been great if you know, like the scene where Captain's talking and they, they, they dangle the. The bad guy, and um, there's a no on him or something like that. I should have said just from your friendly neighborhood, Peter Parker, and it just shoots Spider Man <laughs> on top of the building, going, Wait, wait, what can I write on that? What can I write on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stationary from the offices of Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> if found, please refer to yeah, yeah. yeah, he has that early Spider Man suit. <laughs> He's like, If found, please return to Peter Parker. <laughs> Well, like, who did know? Like, all joking aside, who did know that Lizard knew, Captain yeah. knew, um, yeah. Gwen Stacy knew. pretty much knew. And may figure it out. Uh, yeah, it seems. Captain uh, Stacy knew. Yeah, so that's, is that three? I feel like there was a fourth. Every main character oh, knew. Oh, the, the, the kid he saved didn't know him. Oh, yeah. yeah. The kid he saved didn't know him, but he took off his mask and gave it to him, like, you know. Hey, kid, wear my mask. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it'll give you power like, I like the scene though the way that the even though uh, like the scene is kind of cool where he saves the kid but you know the fireball that kid's dead like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, you know what fire. I mean that car is a complete fireball <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean that's not how fire in a car works it doesn't spread yeah. if, it starts from, <laughs> if it starts from the actual flammable liquid inside the car yeah. it blows up yeah uh, but uh, yeah looking back at it yeah, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you like when I look at what if I would change like um would be the ben, the ben parker uh death scene for sure um i would have changed that i think they could have stayed a little bit more true to the source material by also changing it um i did like the way that they kind of fleshed out his relationship with um uncle ben and that me but um at the same time i don't think that had to pay off that it deserved because i think the the issue with uh, sam raimi's spider-man is that uncle ben they didn't flesh him out enough, so by the time he died, we weren't as emotionally attached to him as we should have been. Yeah. And in, the, and in this one, we were so emotionally attached to Martin Sheen that when the payoff came, it wasn't as hard-hitting as it should have been because of the corniness of the milk and not my policy, all the shit, which was kind of a play on not my problem, which is the line from yeah. the Tobey Maguire movie, which was the line from the comic books, I think. It's a line I know from the cartoon anyway. I don't know if it's comic book, you know, true or whatever, but, you know, I just think the big payoffs in this lack with the, the Martin Sheen thing, but I, I like the reveals and stuff were good, as we touched on earlier. And I liked Kirk Connors, uh, the the lizard, uh, Reese fans portrayal of him. Yeah, um, I, I like the way they went back to the singular villain, 
um, always a singular villain unless there's a real kind of established cohesion between the two villains, like a common goal. Um, like Sinister Six needs to be a three-hour Spider-Man movie. There's no, it, way, it would there's have, no uh, way of getting around it. There's no way of getting around it. Hmm. Like, and, I, I, and also, they'd have to jump straight in. You can't have a Doc Ock um, origin story as well as a Bulger origin story as well oh, as... No. It has to be the the origin stories have have to have happened in preceding movies. Agreed. Yeah, you know what I mean. So as you said, they can just jump straight in like an Avengers Infinity War, where they just start when Thor's in the middle of space and he comes under attack with Thanos because they've done all the building and we're supposed to have seen it all. So I think like when it comes to a Sinister Six or whatever, I think the time comes that like if you want to go more than a singular villain, um, we're going to have to have seen maybe three or four Spider-Man movies. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think like with something like Sinister Six, it, it might even work because it's framed to work. It's, it's yeah. they've been try, kind of thinking about it and setting it up and establishing the universe. But it, it, again, it's too many. Although, like then again, Avengers Endgame really did change the game. And that was three hours. That was three hours. But at the end, mm. you had everyone who's ever graced the screen. It wasn't just yeah. it was Stephen Strange and everyone of the yeah. magic. The on your left scene where Falcon and everyone reappears through the te- the portals is one of the greatest scenes of all time. Oh yeah, it's absolutely so. It did. It, it all depends on the handling. Um, but the, if they could have avoided congestion, honestly, like I think, if if, if the multiverse thing happens, that maybe Garfield gets another shot. They could just they just need to treat the second Spider. He's such a good Spider Man. He's a really good Spider Man. He really is. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, geez, he's such a likable actor. Yeah. He really is. He's so likable. Even though he's a bit of a dickhead sometimes in this movie, but like he's so much more likable than Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, so much more likable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he gets in his own way sometimes, but we all do that, you know? And he's like, you can really, uh, what you call it with him, man? You can really, like... Uh, relate. What's the word? Relate. Thank you so much. Like, we can, you can really relate to him, what he's going through and the mistakes he makes and the reasons he makes them and stuff like that. And he looks good, like... For a lack of a better word, he looks good in the suit. Like he looks like Spider Man from the cartoons and ever kind of tall, skinny. You know what I mean? And his mannerisms and his movement are so spider-like. And I just thought, like, um, I, I can't remember. Was it Steve Dicko? Um, I think it was Steve Dicko that said that when you draw Spider Man, he tries to never draw him standing still too much. Like it feels that's like it's wasted potential that when you can draw Spider Man, like he's always in a pose. Yeah, like true. crawling on a wall or he's like you know what I mean like spider, something spider-esque about him like, he's doing something I think it was Steve Dicko that said that like that, that it's wasted if he's not like that and I like this movie a lot when Andrew Garfield Spider-Man shows up and he's like sticking sticking to walls or you know what I mean or he's like the way he moves is very spider yeah. as we touched upon earlier and like the, they take a good, a good advantage that he's not standing around a lot he's in a lot of action and the action sequences that's cool I think to take advantage of the Spider-Man and his yeah. abilities so I, w- I wouldn't have changed that. Um, I would have changed the corniness about with the crane scene, of course, uh, uh, as you've heard me complain about um, to no <laughs> end. But like, uh, uh, I, I'm like literally in agreement with you. What, what I would have changed the Martin Sheen, the Uncle Ben Dead scene. Um, I would have changed um, the crane scene, um, and maybe the fight sequence at the end. Maybe make it a little bit longer. You take out that crane scene. You got five or ten yeah. more minutes of a confrontation. Kind of did establish um, that. Spider-Man can't, like, again, uh, and I stand by it, that they're good powers, but, like, once the lizard gets his hands on you, there's very yeah. little you can do. He's got the claws. And but Spider-Man's so resilient, though. You know, he can take a beat. Well, then again, you know, a claw, 
to see where he's got the claws kind of almost Wolverine-esque coming out uh, at one point when he has him in the sewer. You know yeah. that he is like literally a machine designed to kill and there's only so many times you can tangle with him. But I agree with you. He should have... Because there was some really, really cool scenes where he was the, 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 the lizard in the school trying to get down the hallway and he's hitting it with the web and sticking it to the roof. And that, that was like that cool Spider-Man thing. Like he throws Gwen Stacy how he hits her with the web and he sticks the web to the... The outside of the window, he's actually using webs the way a spider does, and yeah, so yeah. like it could have been a more resilient or something like that. At the same time, it was quite cool, and obviously, maybe it was a longer scene, but it was cut for time. But uh, yeah, I just think you take out the crane sequence and you get a good maybe, maybe instead of Peter is going from the cranes, maybe he's chasing the lizard to the building. Maybe that's what the chase sequence could have yeah. been like, you know what I mean? Like, it could have been like. Remember when he's chasing after him originally and he gets shot and then the lizard gets away? I think like if you had a 10-minute chase sequence into a five-minute fight sequence, that end would have been incredible. Or like the lizard is throwing stuff at him or whatever and he's ducking and dodging and swinging from buildings and they're fighting on the side of a building and then the, the lizard you know, kicks him away or something and he crawls off a building and Peter Parker's on the ground or something, you know, Spider-Man, he slings back up to him fight he keeps getting away from one to the point where he gets to the Oscorp building before Peter Parker and then you have the, the final fight sequence and then the whole way through that he was alone and then the part where it goes you are you're not alone resonates more than doesn't Dennis Leary saves the day because like you know what I mean because he wasn't alone the whole way through that part That's... you know what I mean like because he was yeah, supported actually, by all of point. New York it resonates more if he feels like he's alone in that moment and then he gets saved. Yeah, that's it. They always go kind of go for it. You know, I always think of uh, always bet on black in Passenger 47 or whatever it was with Wesley Snipes because I don't think 57. I don't, think, 57. I don't think the statement was set up so. in any way, shape or form. And he goes, oh yeah, one more thing. Always bet on black. I was like, what What did that guy say? Wait, how did he, <laughs> say? he didn't set him up for that at all. <laughs> so I was... It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. Wesley Snipes wasn't even in the script. Wesley Snipes is probably like <laughs> always bit on black, and he's like, "Wesley, yeah, you want to book you again?" <laughs> always bet on tax, Wesley. Always bet on tax. <laughs> Jesus. No, not too, too soon. No, it's too, too soon. It's too all soon. in the past. It's all in the past. Uh, and, it's and, it's, yeah. and it's accurate. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I do, of course, to well, you couldn't, especially now. Like looking back on it years later, we've seen such an incredible lineup of films that have come out from all different kind of producers yeah. and actors and directors and studios. Uh, we are at the top yeah. of the mountain, uh, kind of looking at films that kind of got us here. And so it's easy to kind of like straw an eye across and you have a great idea of what works and what doesn't work. And directors now, like Kevin Feige and stuff, is obviously able to take even from inspiration, even from himself, because now we're whatever there's yeah. is there 50 superhero films out there because we're, we're probably 40 uh, oh well there's 20, I'd say so because 24 well you've got four five and the marvel alone yeah yeah exactly yeah i think it's like uh, 23 movies including endgame so like you're not you're not far off like because you're talking about you got batman trilogy you got the original crystal reese superman trilogy you got the Tobey Maguire spider-man trilogy you know what i mean like, Blade trilogy yeah there's like six thousand x-men movies exactly way too many bloody x-men movies <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, no. So I do think it was it's it, it's definitely a product of what came before it, and there's definitely a product of what has come from it. And yeah. um, I, I think you know if you showed somebody that film and told them that this film got shit it was supposed to be a trilogy, they'd be very surprised. And then you'd explain that there was another film. 
<laughs> um, yeah, you know, this film uh, absolutely deserved a sequel. And I was very disappointed, Bert. And even when you talk about things you could change, you're kind of being nitpicky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not saying that, because, like, it's not like, oh, I would have got rid of this character altogether. Like, if you ask me what I would have changed with the original Spider Man trilogy, I would have got rid of Mary Jane. Rid. Yeah. Just. Or, or just incorporated her much better, like the way to Gwen Stacy was incorporated into Peter Parker's. Exactly, way, you know? exactly, exactly. And this shows they give Sony some props. They did learn from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. You yeah. know, you know, they did really because like Gwen Stacy is a much more meaty character than Mary Jane Watson ever was in the trilogy. You know, and um, it's unfortunate. Like, uh, and they went back instead in high school. They didn't push him through to adulthood really quickly. In this, they wanted to go back to his roots. You know what I mean? This is even before he took on um, the job of the Daily Bugle or anything like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's all right. Actually, so, like, it was re- it was really like a return to the roots of Spider Man. Something we kind of called for, and uh, they shouldn't have aged him through high school so quickly. And this is obviously the MCU looking at him when they cast Tom Holland along with Sony that they wanted a young Spider Man who could stay in school long and he can really process the the, the growing period. Of what it is to change from a teen to an adult yeah. to a man, you know what I mean? All these different because things. Holland, Holland now is after having four or five appearances as Spider Man, yeah, two. and his own trilogy, his own trilogy. So, year or two, so, so by the time like he becomes goes to Daily Bugle, he will have had a huge, an actual Spider Man, he would have so yeah. much kind of character to have worked with. So, yeah, they were right to do it. Uh, you talk probably about Spider-Man 4 before he enters Daily Bugle, unless he gets an internship in Part 3. I'd reckon he'll get an internship in Part 3. Like, he, he is growing up at the same time. It's not like they haven't stuck in stasis. But, um, yeah. yeah. But there is, it is different, though, because, um, not to jump too far ahead to the MCU movies, but, like, J. Jonah Jameson reappears at the end of Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, and it's, like, a different role. He's kind of like an Alex Jones-type character, it seems, in... In this world, like he has his own kind of conspiracy website or right. blog or video channel or whatever. Fuck. But um, yeah, so I, I, that, that change should be interesting to see how it impacts Spider-Man's role with the Daily Bugle and stuff. But I, 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 I enjoyed the fact that we actually saw a little bit about Spider-Man's parents, his actual birth parents. Yeah. Uh, um, I like the way they, because they explained quickly that his father was obviously some sort of genius. So that's where Peter gets his intelligence from. And maybe his mother, I think, might be a bit of a genius too. Um, so like, I think like they did well, they changed enough to make it different enough from the Tobey Maguire movies because there's always that worry when you have a reboot so close to an end of another iteration of it, are we going to be fed up? Is the market too saturated with one property? Um, is it going to be different enough that you can get new viewers, or retain the same audience? You know what I mean? So like they had to ask a lot of questions. And when we went to the what if, Bob was just talking about the crane scene. Martin Sheen's death, like Uncle Ben's death. So it was a really solid movie otherwise, really, if you look at it. Pacing was good. His relationships and how they developed were pretty naturally uh, done in an organic, you know, recent fans. Kirk Connors well, had a relationship with his father, Richard Parker. So the reason he went and saw him out made sense, you know, and when I mean, he became, came across his work, the fact that he was interpreted is because he's a genius himself. That made sense. You know, his relationship with Gwen Stacy made sense, you know, and his relationship to friction with Captain Stacy also made yeah. sense, you know what I mean? So apart from some corny moments and some cheesy moments, it's actually a really solid movie, I think. You know what I mean? So I think like unfortunately the sequel was so bad that it didn't get a third one and the spin-off for Sinister Six that we talked about a little bit off air with Drew Goddard supposed to direct in was unfortunate. But in the end of the day we got Tom Holland as 
Spider-Man and we got Spider-Man the MCU. So like it's like unfortunately like Andrew Garfield was like a his Spider-Man. At his expense, yeah. yeah, at, yeah his expense. At, at his expense, he was nearly like a willing sacrifice to the gods of Spider-Dom. <laughs> yeah, you're I mean? not wrong. Because his success, Sony would have held onto the rights more firmly than they currently do with the multiverse and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, like there's with the rise of uh, Morbius and stuff like that, uh, you know, there's they're obviously Sony are, are quite done with the the whole thing just yet. So the, you know, I don't know. The future's an open book. Words when words like multiverse are getting thrown around, yeah. doors get opened again. Yeah, you know? exactly. And like he can easily have Venom enter the MCU continuity while it's also keeping his own continuity because of multiverse principles and stuff like that. Because he's exactly. a different world or a different earth or a different dimension. Exactly. Or whatever the fuck. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I think Sony are uh, obviously they're not going to be they're not going to be Marvel at all. They just, yeah. they're, they're not. They, so they'd they say they the ball can't beat them, and join them. That's what they decide to do. It's clever. It is clever. You know what I mean? Like it is clever. Yeah, I mean a slice of the cake is better than none at all. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like I think Mark Cuban said it on Shark Tank. It's like I'd rather have twenty percent. Oh, oh, sorry, I'd rather have eighty percent of a watermelon than twenty percent of a grape or one hundred percent of a grape. Fuck, I butchered that. So. <laughs> It's cool. It's a cool yeah. expression. Actually. Yeah, so pretty much, yeah, he says, yeah, I'd rather have 80% of a watermelon than 100% of a grape because I butchered it the first time. But um, uh, yeah, so like, I think that's what Sony are looking at. It's like, um, we'll give, we'll seed some of these rights to Marvel, some of these percentages, some of these storylines, creative control, and we'll get 75% of a juggernaut instead of 100% of constantly floundering properties that people lost interest in the way we portrayed them. And now that the fact that we got the Marvel gleam and people are happy with us, they got some goodwill. And Venom was better received, even though it's not a great movie. And they're well, it's not a great movie. Yeah, not a terrible movie. Yeah, it's not a great and movie. Michael Morbius, like his story is going to be received more open-mindedly because of well, the Marvel to quote, the quote Sheila, what she was like, what the fuck is a Morbius? <laughs> well, in 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 Michael Morbius, the character's defense. Um, so we took we we uh, we should um, look at more in depth hopefully when the movie comes out. But like the cartoon series um, from the nineties, Michael Morbius, I thought was one of the more interesting characters. And uh, agreed, that introduced it's actually me. really well touched upon in the nineties. Yeah, one a kind of a plasma vampire. Yeah, and that introduced me to the character of Blade himself because Blade was hunting Michael Morbius and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like so uh, it's for me as a kid growing up for the Spider-Man lore, he was a very important character and I'm not sure what his importance was like in the comic books itself. But um, if you want to jump back to the cartoon from the 90s, I always thought he was a character deserved to be. Oh, I thought he was actually, yeah. but I'm just saying now that people are so hungry for superhero films that you're able to take from, like if, like if you know, going into, let's just say 2010s, Morbius would have been a class E. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he so was the, the depth Joker. of Spider-Man's character. But he, he, but he wouldn't even have been in the Sinister Six. Yeah, like and not even close. Not even close. And the Sinister Six, I don't think ever really had Venom or Carnage. So he wouldn't have I don't even know if, like, including Kingpin and stuff, I think you would probably have to go down beyond 10. Yeah, I always thought... Mysterio, Rhino, all these people were kind of... uh, I always thought Sinister Six were kind of like the street level, the top level of the street level villains. Yes. You know what I mean? And then Venom and Carnage uh, are nearly... Electro. Stuff yeah, like exactly. That. They're all nearly form all former criminals. Yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah. What that's mean? what that's what they were like in the sixties cartoon. Like, <clears throat> yeah. they were robbing banks and stuff like that. You know, they were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was venom and carnage, like your otherworldly threats. You know, exactly. Kind of way, yeah. like, so the fact uh, that somebody who's like Spider Man's like you know fourteen top arch nemesis, he's uh, yeah. he's, he's it's a, it, you know it's amazing what they might be able to do now because, like you said, 
they actually have the goodwill. They get good yeah. actors. If they put out a fancy trade or they throw money at the wall, and yeah, they could, they could sell. Sony could, Sony could be a part of the the future, yes. But obviously, they know they're not going to be Marvel. But it kind of brings me back to your eighty percent of a watermelon, hundred percent of a grape thing. Yeah, exactly. Like so, it's smart business by them, like to to lean on Marvel and to get the goodwill from their um, association with the MCU and stuff like that. And like this movie, unfortunately. You know, as we touched on, got a sequel that was really bad, and we'll go into more detail in that next time. But um, it was just unfortunate because this is actually a pretty decent movie. This is it's a pretty, pretty decent movie. movie. The next yeah. movie, the thing is, yeah, what you have to do with what Spider-Man did in the second one, going into Doc Ock with Maguire, was they carried the heart of the first one into the second one. It felt like yeah. the same universe, felt like the same world. The second they dropped me into Spider-Man Two, didn't feel like the same world. It was a comicalness. Almost like rock, uh, Batman and Robin from the 1960s. You mean Spider-Man 3? Yeah, well, actually, no, I'm just talking about Spider-Man 2. Sorry, Garfield. Spider-Man 2, oh, Maguire sorry. carried the heart of Spider-Man 1. But Spider-Man 2, Garfield, it just felt wrong. I think even from the yeah. opening minutes, it was silly. There's a scene where he's trying to stop these canisters from falling out of the back of a van, and he's like, whoa, whoa, I'm so silly, you know, and he's catching the <laughs> It was all, it was kind of zany. Or something, yeah. and then the and then the, and then the kind of jumps back and forth with killing Gwen Stacy and all this kind of stuff, and you're kind of going, no man. At least the first one had cohesion. It was section. They had like, it had the, the progression of the lizard. It had the progression of Spider Man and Stacy and, and kind of secondary and tertiary characters. Yeah. Second one just felt like it was just drawn together with a yeah, one chipper. It tried its best to expand. It's like this, it suffered from a lot of the similar things that Batman versus Superman suffered from forced expansion into the storylines that were supposed to be more universe building but instead was counterintuitive because it actually ruined the movie that was supposed to be building out these universes because the thing is with marvel they did it one step at a time but with dc and what sony tried to do is they tried to do four steps in one goal yeah you know what i mean four it's like we're introducing you to this we're introducing you to this to this to this and this and this all in one movie and what marvel did was we're going to introduce you to this now we're going to introduce you to this in july we're going to introduce you to this at the end of the year and then, like, after six, seven, eight movies, you're introduced to everything. Yeah. At a slow, gradual, organic pace. You feel like it was earned. feel like it was worth it. And, like, Spider-Man 2, when we go back, we'll look at it. And I think a lot of the problems with that movie was the forced expansion. They were trying to rush into a Sinister Six movie, into a Venom movie, a Carnage movie, whatever movie they could. Because they were, you know, they were floundering and really wanted to hold on to the rights of Spider-Man. It really shows you Marvel yeah. had patience. They had four phases. Yeah. They planned them out. They executed mm. them, and it worked. And the fact they respected the audience's patience yeah. as well. The fact that that the fact that set first these two uh, Garfield Spider-Man movies they made money, but the fact that they didn't decide to go forward, you have to be pretty terrible to just kill something that will make money. Just won't make an awful lot of money, and you've lost the will of the the fans. And it's best to just like lay down tools and walk away from it. And the first film, it deserves yeah. so much more than that. Yeah, it was unfortunate the way the follow-up turned out. But um, we'll talk about it. Though. So like, do you, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, um, the the waste of uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro and stuff like that was a shame. But like, so we're kind of both agreed what we would have changed if we were the directors, and um, and what would you say when we go to this last section now? What would you say was your best and worst? Of the Amazing Spider-Man to uh, sorry, the Amazing Spider-Man One experience. Best. What would we we start with? Worst. Do you want to start with worst or best? 
I'll start with best because I have more I have more positive things to. It's e- it's an easier question, which speaks to the film. An easier question is what did I like about? It? Yeah. I liked a lot about. It. Um, I think the best was how well they did the lizard. He was cool. He was formidable. He was virtually unkillable. Yeah. He was in many ways unstoppable. He had intelligence to go along with it, so he just wasn't some mindless brute that you could just kind of like trick, kind of fool into entrapping himself. Um, and the, the Spider-Man form, yeah. uh, like a spider at times, he kind of used his environment to his advantage when he wasn't the stronger of the two opponents. So I thought the set pieces, the yeah. action pieces, were the strongest element of the film. Yeah. And um, like so yeah, for me, my my best uh, would be the I love the aesthetics of Spider-Man. I love the suit. And I love the as, the as you said the action sequences, the spider the spideriness of spideriness of the Spider Man himself. The way he like he he taught the flies look appetizing or whatever. He he tracked and trapped with uh, using webs like the vibrations and shit like that. And uh, the 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 fucking what you call it the way he's they beefed up the storylines with him and his relationship with Aunt May and Uncle Ben. I really enjoyed that. I thought that's what the first movie was missing with Tobey Maguire. Um, and they obviously thought something similar because that's what they kind of leaned on as well in the second movie. I, I liked the way it, it gave us a lot of information without ever feeling oversaturated with information. They kind of gave it to you nice and gradually and nice and gradually. And then by the time you have all the information, you're prepared for the, 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 the you know, the run to the climax because you know of all the characters' motivations and what way it's going to play out, you know, that kind of way. I got you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I do. I, it was it was definitely pace better. If I was to say something that was negative about it, is that the dialogue was a bit cheesy at times. Yeah, you know, not and again, not even as cheesy as its predecessor, yeah. uh, especially not the third one. Yeah. But um, it definitely had just kind of a hope springs eternal kind of dialogue that wasn't necessarily you know needed. Yeah, real Americana, heavy Americana. Yeah, heavy Americana. You know, that guy said, "My kid, you work small the time. I'm walking here." Um, he even did that <laughs> swinging here. Which was just disgusting. But, yeah. But um, it, yeah. No, it was. It, and again, it's a small complaint. But and it, you know, it just. I don't know. It was unnecessary. It was counterproductive. Yeah. To kind of the keeping the the little bit of grit. It wasn't a great film, but the little bit of grit it had. I think you lose when you kind of get a little bit too yeah. cheesy. And uh, yeah, I like the way this, the fight scenes when the way he came back and he was all you know broken up and stuff. It had this kind of like street fighting element to it or something, you know. Yeah, underground street. That's it. Like that was cool. But he's running from the the criminals, and he falls through the, the top of the, an old gym, lands in the ring. Um, yeah, I've seen your face because, of course, he's seen your face. He loved letting people see his face, and um, <laughs> yeah, it did. Like so, it loses that when it had kind of has a you know, like the best example of all time will always be uh, the devil may have my soul, he doesn't have my spirit. Uh, is that's, that the point? No, sure? that's um. Not Punisher, Flame and Skull, uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider, yeah, Nicholas Cage's Ghost yeah, Rider. Like that was yeah. definitely the worst. I, 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 if I was an actor and I read that script, I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that. Uh, Can't wait till we do the Ghost oh, Rider. Movies. God. <laughs> the second one, at least the second one was just like mindless action. At least I had something to actually watch. That first one was just a abysmal. But yeah, the dialogue. That's it. The uh, best so, was the action, and the worst was the dialogue. I thought that'd be my answer, as opposed to just to keep it simple. Yeah. How about you? I know you already said. Um, yeah, so pretty much my best would be the action and how the information and the relationships were organically growing and given to us throughout the movie, and I like that. And I thought, you know, the pacing and stuff. But like my worst, obviously, the crane sequence, 
I hated it. I thought it was totally unnecessary. I thought it actually deprived of us of a better showdown with the villain and the hero. Did I take the cranes for um, <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah, and I didn't like, you know, the Ben Parker scene was definitely the weakest for me the whole movie. Um I, I just thought like, they could have easily have Peter fall out with someone in a better scene that's not about milk and have Ben Parker die because he went for a gun on the ground. Like because it's stupid. A guy that smart would not go on the ground. I'm gonna grab a gun on the yeah. ground. You don't live till you're like 60 years old or 70 or you, whatever you, you, he is. The guy's got, City by gun the guy's got 40 gun. years on you and adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, just just let, let the guy go on. Don't be a hero. Just, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just thought that scene could have been done better and uh, it was one of the stronger parts of Spider-Man 1. It was. Um, the one it with was. Wire, um, because it reminded me so much of the cartoons when I, when I grew up. And it was just very well shot and it was well done. But like in the end of the day, like the weakest part of this movie for me was the Ben Parker scene, the crane scene, and a few really kind of cheesy parts in it that kind of went against the tone of the it's kind of like it had a serious undertone a lot this movie had. Um and then some of the cornier parts kind of went against the overall tone hmm. of the movie. But like that's it's quite forgivable though, wasn't it? You know, you know it's quite forgivable yeah. everything you're talking about. It didn't it wasn't wasn't uh, anything that made it the film into an unforgivable or anything like that. It's just, yeah, maybe torn yeah. back this, but the action board made it up for it. If I was to give it a star, it'd be seven and a half out of ten. A very strong return on a film. For oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree. It's seven and a half out of ten. Uh, if you're if you're to give it a, like a, a, a like a rating, it would definitely be like in past seven because it's so it's a solid movie. And the things that are wrong with it. Um, you can understand why they went for them. They wanted to get past the uh, the Ben Parker death scene. They wanted to make it as different as possible from the Tobey Maguire movie. The crane sequences, they obviously have this thing where they believe that, you know, they should have this kind of United New York moment in these Spider-Man movies because he's such a, like, neighborhood hero that they would unite behind him. And I don't think that scene was necessary. I think it was forced. Um, but, like, as you said, there's such small things in comparison to when you break down like a Spider-Man tree, and that's what they were following up. Um, I, so I think it's a vast improvement of what, what went before in the last installment. Great. In trilogy. Great, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a pit, almost a pity that we can look back on it from so far in the future and just kind of know what becomes of it. Yeah. But if that film inside of a uh, inside of a vacuum was, uh, there's definitely worse films you could be, yeah. you could be stuck with. I know that. Um, yeah, no, definitely no. It was, it's Andrew Garfield was unlucky. The timing, maybe he might be MCU's Spider Man if he was a little bit younger because of the age they went with, or maybe the changes they went with, or because of the five movies they had a lot of. You no, know, like the, the the benefit of having five movies made about one singular character is that you have a lot of what to do, what not to do, and that's what Marvel has kind of benefited from. Whereas Sony. Part two was kind of like an overreaction to certain elements of MCU movies that were kind of goofy and they leaned too heavily on it, whereas Marvel balances them perfectly. Whereas you have the cheesiness, the corniness, but it never distracts away from the serious elements of the movie. Like, so I think part two was just an imbalanced movie. So, like, but at the end of the day, this is a good movie. I yeah, absolutely. Recommend it. Absolutely recommended. And uh, we can oh, all that goodwill in the world because when we return to Darkseid, of the moon, we are going to talk about Spider-Man too, um, and, and it's a pity, you know. Yeah. So we need to take these little these little chestnuts to get us through the 
a cruel winter that is ahead. <laughs> See, this is what happens again. This is like a, a sure, a, such a proof that we're such nerds because we get so down. When we were talking about like doing Spider-Man 3, the end of Spider-Man 2, we're kind of getting a bit down, thinking about Spider-Man 3 next. And now we're like, oh, we're so happy this movie is actually a lot better than a lot of people think it is. And you're like, oh. Yeah, but... but Spider-Man 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, it's the hangover to the party we're currently having, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the harsh it's the harsh realisation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know what? They're like, I mean, they, they, they give, they give him a guy whose powers is to be electrified, and and, and, and they, give him, they, give it, they give it to a dour Jamie Foxx. I don't know, man. And it's not like, it's not like he doesn't come, he doesn't come cheap. Yeah, it just makes no sense. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so many like this kind of go for big names that sometimes don't often suit the roles they're casting. That's, that's it, yeah, because but their names all the same. Yeah, yeah, like Tom Hardy has been him. Um, all right, I think we should sign off. Yeah, will we get the fuck out of here? We'll get the fuck out of here. So, just, just, I'm not sure how we do this. This is this is our our, our first episode. So I'm going to say thanks very much for joining us on the dark side of the moon. We shall return very shortly. Um, maybe magically in a couple of seconds, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> and uh, we'll be with the amazing Spider-Man 2. And uh, we're sorry in advance. So I've been your host, Noel John Tui. He's also been your host, not Noel John Tui. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us and peace out. Um, this is Dark Side of the Moon, where a couple of zeros talk about your favorite heroes. Ooh, <laughs> that's the first time I'm here now. I like it. <laughs> All right, folks, Noel, say goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. <laughs>